Hi, I'm Jimmy Navio. Welcome to Hit the Bucket. I'm glad to have you guys here with me today. My name is Jimmy Navio. If you are here from Chris or Josh's community, please stick around and enjoy. I have my co-host with me as well, Mr. James28 or James or, you know, any variation of the sort. A reminder for anyone listening to this podcast out there, we record this podcast live on Twitch. So occasionally we may shout out to the audience. There may be some things that don't make sense in audio form. If you want to participate, come check it out at twitch.tv forward slash Jimmy Navio. Also, this podcast will be recorded tonight, Wednesday night, 6 p.m., but it'll go up Friday on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Also, in my merch channel, we have a Hit the Bucket shirt and sweatshirt available, mug, you know, sticker. We got the whole thing. Check out the merch. The official Hit the Bucket logo is available. And also, I know I mentioned if you want to get a hold of me, hit me on Twitter or Discord. We have an official email now. We have hitthebucketpodcast at gmail.com. So if you're out there listening and you have an idea for a topic or a video or uh, a guest or you want to be a guest, hit us up. Hitthebucketpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. And uh, without further ado, I think we're ready to bring on our guest, Mr. Christopher Clever, not Cleaver. That Bishop girl has gotten mad at me. I'm going to call you Cleaver at least once tonight, so hope you're ready. And Mr. Josh Tucker TV. All right. If you guys want to unmute yourselves, we're going to bring them on right meow. Hello? Is this thing on? Oh, meow, Jimmy. (laughs) Right meow. Hey. What's up? We did it. We, we made it. I stumbled through my intro and muted myself again. But we, we did it. We arrived here with our guests, and I'm super stoked to have them. Josh Tucker decided he was going to beat a game at the last second. <laughs> that's hey, that. it <laughs> happened, right? Like, bad. I'm literally thinking to myself, I'm like, timing. And I know it's like, do I end it and then have like this awkward 15 minutes? So I appreciate you, uh, you know, you being there. As we beat the game, Subnautica, an incredible game. It took me way too long to beat it, but uh, I was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, he Chris also watched all of the credits too. <laughs> <laughs> he played it all the way through. <laughs> they were like, there's something at the end of it, and I'm always like, are they marveling it to us? Like, <laughs> you know, it was something good, but it was disappointing after the credits, but the story is top notch. I mean, if you guys haven't played Subnautica, no yeah. life for like two or three days, right? Like, it's 100% worth it. See, I didn't even realize. I've seen people play it. I don't know too much about it. I didn't realize that there was like a like a pretty deep narrative and plot and stuff to it. I thought it was just like an open world like water game. See, it was. It was for like, and that's when I first started playing it. I played it like two years ago. Yeah. And then it was. It was just like, and they were adding new creatures, and I'd kind of come back in, and we kind of look at the creatures, kind of talk about this, and then I was on my friend's channel one time, and I was saw all this narrative and I was like, whoa, what's happening? And then I realized he was beating the gate. And I was like, oh God, they, get, get out of there. They and, added all uh, of that stuff I later. Finally, like if, if you've played it at all, now is the time to pick it back up because the DLC is coming out, right? So it's even, even better. Nice. That's always a good time to get in. So. Dude, yeah, that's awesome. No, I... <laughs> Uh, Christopher and I were like lurking in your channel watching you beat <laughs> yeah, the game. We're like, hurry up, darkness. <laughs> Will he make it? How are you doing? Uh, it, it, do you go by Chris or do you prefer Christopher? 
It doesn't matter. My mom called me Chris, so that's what I usually go by. But it's, it, I don't know. Chris Clever sounded too short. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna call you Cleave Daddy, just Cleave to make Daddy. the the Bishop Girl mad for the rest of the night. <laughs> um. So yeah, we're gonna real quick. Just so you guys know, uh, anyone out there checking out this podcast, they are both Twitch streamers, but they have many stories to tell. Uh, I'm excited to really learn more about them outside of Twitch. They have, uh, I'm, these might be two of my more interesting guests as far as like career and experience and stuff. So okay, you're putting yourself on a pedestal. No, it's all. true. It's really like building it up, Jimmy. I, it's true. I'm very excited to ask you guys some questions. But first, James, how's it going? Oh, it's going good as always. I always look forward to our weekly podcasts. James uh, spent the last couple days beating down a, a Discord full of trolls. So <laughs> this is his night off from his mod duties. Oh, it is. I'm still eyeing it every other minute or so to make sure nothing bad's happening. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a prominent player in a game called Minion Masters, and he's a mod in their in their community forums. And I guess a bunch of people just decided they were going to poop all over the whole community. So there's been a lot of ban hammers coming down. It's mm-hmm. the internet. It's like no surprise anymore. <laughs> it's not. I was telling the devs, I was like, you have a global chat in here? That was fine when the, the community was like sub 100 players. Yeah. You should probably get rid of it now. Yeah, general chat is poison everywhere. Or mm-hmm. or put a paywall on it. Like uh, to to even have access <laughs> to the world chat in MapleStory 2, you have to like pay for it. Mm-hmm. Like they you can't even access world chat unless you you either pay five bucks a month or you use in-game currency to even be able to use world chat. Not the maple story I knew. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of Maple Story 2, James, uh, I hate you, and you can die in a fire because you're like, yeah, you should check it out. It's a pretty laid-back MMO, blah, blah, blah. I'm fucking hooked on that game, dude. It's good. It does some things right. I played it way too long the other night. I got to like 12. That's how it always works. It <laughs> takes one person to say it's good, and you're like, ah, maybe I'll try. And then you're less like 14 hours later. Exactly. <laughs> so, hey, let's get into some questions. Uh-oh. Christopher, I'm going to start <laughs> with you. Up. Well, this kind of relates to both of you, but I'm going to start with you, Christopher, because you mentioned that your hometown is Memphis, Tennessee. That is correct. That yeah. also happens to be where Mr. Josh Tucker is from. It's weird, right? Super small. I mean, I don't know. Like, I could have been on this podcast with anybody. And when I found out it's him and found out where he's from, I was like, oh, this is going to be exciting. Yeah, so let's dive into that a little bit. So when so you say you're from there, you grew up there like most yeah, of I was your- born there and uh I spent the first 28 years of my life there and then moved down to Austin, Texas about 4 years ago. Uh, mostly for well, I love the city Austin, but mostly for job opportunities and I worked from home so it was like gave me a reason to. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I love the city and it's it's still going to be my home. I go back there at least twice a year, once a year, maybe. It just depends, really. But and, and Josh, you still live there, right? I do, yeah. I live born and raised. I had a couple of little stints where I would move away. went to New York City a couple of times to study, uh, to do a show there. But Memphis is home. I mean, I, I grew up in a you know small suburb out of the town. Went to University of Memphis when I turned 18. And um, I like live and breathe Memphis. Memphis people and like Chris can kind of, sh- you know, shed some light on it as well. 
like we're Memphis, right? Like you claim Memphis, Memphis has, Memphis has like a kind of heart and soul to it that I'm really proud to be a part of. Um, you know, there's definitely like this new resurgence of Memphis as well. Um, I'm surprised how many streamers are from Memphis that like finding out along the way, it's like, that's what that person really, that's what I was going to bring up. Like from that whole, not just Memphis, but that whole general area, like that clump of States right there, there's so many streamers and I'm like, I'm trying to figure out why, like, I I don't understand. There's just not an ocean nearby or Midwest. (laughs) What's going on out there? (laughs) There's not an ocean. That's the answer to everything. (laughs) Ah, no sea. Ah, we're stuck. I just feel like there's so many more uh, streamer. Like, yeah, there's so many Midwest streamers. I feel like it's rare for me to run across another California streamer. I don't know. It's really, I. There, there's got to be something in the water. I don't know what it is. Maybe you guys just have good internet out there. I'm not sure. No, <laughs> no I, I can attest to that. The Memphis infrastructure is a whole different story. It's yeah. like... Are your two options like drugs and crime or streaming? Like, I don't like, is it <laughs> anyway? So you got, we chose the latter or or laser tag, which uh, Chris it's was closed. Like, that place is closed. Oh no, yeah, feels yeah, bad, man. How long has it been closed? A couple of years now. It's a, a ghoul, years. it's like a hair salon place, and I guess. Oh, so for those listening, uh, there is many epic tales of a specific laser tag place that all all of these people are familiar with. Uh, And a big streamer that I talk about occasionally on the show, one of my huge inspirations that got me into streaming, Mr. Cobalt Streak, uh, basically held the first place record at this location for years. And he, he on his stream, he would even talk about it. He's like, anyone ever wants to show up, I will show you why I'm the best. Like, he, he he's very confident about his laser tag skills. What was the place called? Laser Quest. Laser Quest, yeah. Hmm. And yeah. Chris, you said you worked right next door to there. And, like, I, you, you met yeah, so Cobalt works. and didn't even realize you, you made the connection well, later time, on. I mean, you got to think, this was when we were, like, uh, 16, 17 years old. So this was, like, kind of young on, and, and I think he had the job around then at LaserQuest. He worked there for a bit. He, I think he held the first position and was so good at it, and then he worked there. So I think it's like he – I don't know if that's the right order, but I worked next door or right down the way in a place called Cybernet Cafe, and it's since closed down, but it was an old little internet cafe there run by some old uh, Korean guy who came into town and was basically setting up shop all over the place. Um, and so I would go into laser quests like after work with friends and we would play to have a good time. And every single time we tried to just play and have a good time, this dude would kick our ass. <laughs> he's there just like, crushing you all. He's and we we got to know who he was. It's his name was come again. It was just come again right there on number one. And we look and we'd be like, well, here and well, we need to find a time to play when he's not fucking here. It's like, this is too bad, you know? And it got to a point where uh, we knew who he was. And then, like, I don't know, fast forward to a couple years later. I know he was uh, a server at a restaurant my mom liked. And, he, you know, he was always around there. And I recognized him like, oh, you play, you just, dude, you used to kick my ass in Laser Quest. And he's like, yeah, I guess. You know, he has no idea who I am. He's just like, yeah, I, I guess you're the one of the millions. And then, <laughs> he's like, I kicked everyone's ass. You'll have to be like, more yeah, specific. But in 2014 or 2013 or something, uh, I was probably right right around, right before I moved here, I got on Twitch one day, or I got on YouTube first and found one of his Isaac videos. And I was like, I know that guy. 
And then when I heard him talk, it like kind of clicked back. Oh my God, it's the it's the dude who kicked my ass in Laser Quest and Laser Tech. So you have nightmares. You have Laser Quest nightmares. <laughs> oh yeah. Were you shooting? You like give me all your points, bro. Just Absolutely. wakes up in yes, a cold yeah. sweat sometime. Bright <laughs> red blinking lights. Uh, I had a birthday party at Laser Quest one time, and he ruined my birthday. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. It's funny you mention his voice, like you once you heard his voice, because he does have a very distinct voice. I don't know, like uh, he uh, he's been accused of tr- like being a Jack Black impersonator because he like something about like the energy in his voice, just like it's very distinct. So yeah, maybe I don't I don't know if I I mean everybody says I look like Adam Savage a lot, but <laughs> usually. Because I usually have I can kind see of a beard going, and that were, and I recently shaved, and so everyone's like, "You don't look like it anymore." So it's kind of we all kind of have that like little thing, you know. It, it happens. That's true. I've been told I look like Captain uh, or uh, Mister Incredible because I have a giant chin. That's about all <laughs> I have going for me. When I don't it's have this beard, it's habit. just all Jay Leno right here. <laughs> I cover it up as best I can, but Jay Leno without the cool cars. Yeah, exactly. I got the chin and none of the cars. Thanks a lot, universe. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that, uh, you know, you work a night shift and then for a while you would work your night shift and then you would do something that I wish I had the courage to do. And maybe someday I'll try it. But uh, what what is it that you used to do in your spare time? I, I used to do stand-up comedy a lot. Uh, it's something that uh, – and there's some of my IRL friends back home uh, that experienced the first ever time that I did comedy in Memphis at a place called Poplar Lounge. Um, It was a friend of a friend's birthday and they had an open mic night and they were like, they were actual comedians doing jokes. And I got up there afterwards and was just like completely drunk, just out of my mind, did some really dumb jokes and they were so wasted that they were the only two in the very back of the venue near the pool tables laughing their ass off because of how stupid I was. <laughs> um, and once I moved to Austin, I realized there was so much uh, so much going on comedy wise. It was every night of the week. There was an open mic. There was a show like you could get booked as long as you just kind of showed up and showed your face. And uh, so I've been doing it for the better part of almost four years now. Um, it's taken a backseat because of my Twitch streaming and because of my job and you know it's it's hard to kind of get out there you have to really dedicate yourself to it right um, and I think that that kind of it kind of weighs on you after like oh we'll show up to the open mics five nights a week and then maybe we'll book you on a show and it's like ah oh, that's kind of it's too much like it should be fun it shouldn't be you know but people do work hard for it and I you know I can appreciate that it's a it's a pretty good uh, thing to do I yeah I Part of my problem is I don't live in a place that has a lot of that, like the Central Valley of California. I'd, I'd have to go to like L.A. or I'd have to go to a bigger city, but I've always wanted to try. I've always, you know, I was the kid in high school that everyone's like in my yearbook, everybody, you're so funny. And like I and I, I but I've never been a guy to tell jokes. I'm just an asshole who likes attention. So I, I like I don't know. I don't know if that would translate on the stage. It know? doesn't. It never does. <laughs> At least you're right. Everybody, it, right? Could tell right. Me, everybody could tell me, oh, you're really funny. You've, you know, you're funny. You do this and that and whatever. And like the first year of me doing it was me just sucking shit on stage the entire time. So a lot of it came down to me sitting down and actually writing. And writing became the, the primary part of like, oh, I can write this and kind of twist words around and make this funny. Or um, maybe you could. That, 
You could actually like literally suck shit on stage and turn it into performance <laughs> art. Is it the new Gallagher? It'd be Just... that could be your niche. <laughs> so Josh, Uh-oh. uh, we're gonna travel from comedy over to acting. Yeah. One of the first things you mentioned is that uh, you're an actor. I am. Yeah, I've done. Um, I mean. A lot of the times, like, people will come in and they're like, what movies have I seen you in? Like, I looked you oh, up on IMDb and there was, like, five Josh Tuckers, so I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it's the most generic <laughs> you've met in your entire life, you right? got to change your uh, name. I, I think there's already, actually, a SAG, which is Screen Actors Guild. There's already either a Josh Tucker or a Joshua Tucker. Uh, so I think I've already had to decide that if I do go union, then I'm going to have to be, like, Josh D. Tucker. Or just like completely change it. This makes something weird. Like maybe like Jimmy, I mean Jimmy Tucker or whatever. You know, whatever. I could change the name and get something a little more. Uh, a little I'll, more I'll let you have it. So, <laughs> but so yeah. um, you you mentioned drama geek too. So did did your passion for acting or did did you start like back? Like are you actor from day one? Like high school? Were you in like the oh, school God, plays and no. musicals? Did you pick it up in college? Like when when did you find that you like this was something that you wanted to do? So it's it's a lot of people like don't believe me when I say this, but I was like the skinny, shy, emo goth kid in, in high school, right? Like and, and through middle school and all of this, like <laughs> I hung out with like the mis- misfits because they were the only people that would hang out with me and I loved them to death. Like they were my people, right? Like I didn't, but I was so shy and I, I didn't have like you know, I was a kid that was picked on. It's kind of like that stereotypical story, right? Like you were picked on as a kid and then you picked up some weights, right? And then you <laughs> decided that you're going to you know, steal the girls or whatever it may be. And uh, I started doing speech and debate. And speech and debate in actuality of what it is is a lot different than um, what most people think it is. Like a lot of people think speech and debate, like I'm going to debate abortion or I'm going to debate this or that. Like we're going to argue back and forth about it. But there's this whole section of it, which is acting, like dramatic interp humorous interpretation, duet acting, all these kind of like monologues essentially. And I got up in my first competition and I sucked. I remember like physically shaking, right? Like like actively like shaking as I was in front of these people and they're judging you. Like they've got sheets of paper and they're like, you suck. And they, they rank, <laughs> and they're like, you suck, you're this, you're that, you blah, blah, blah. And so you get ranked one through six, one being the best, six being the worst. And I went like six, six, and like one person gave me a two. And because I got that two, I, oh. got, I got sixth place in the tournament. And uh, there were people that were lower than me. And I remember like getting that little ribbon. And it was like the first time in my life that I felt accomplished because like, I mean, I, I grew up playing World of Warcraft. I probably have 9,000 hours in Lineage 2, like all these games. Oh, wow. And it kind of like hooked me. And I kind of like started falling in love with it. And then through that, I transitioned into, you know, doing school plays. I was about 15 at the time, started transitioning into doing that. And like, you're doing it over and over and over again. So you kind of just get over it, right? It's like, eventually at some point, you're just over your nerves because you're going to drive yourself crazy. There's always that nervous energy. There's always that other things might be happening. But at some point, your body's like, all right, well, you're either shaking or you're done. Like, you, it happens. Right. And uh, I went to college. I didn't pursue acting. And then I auditioned for a play in college. I got cast. And then from that point on, when I got cast, I was like, I'm, I'm going to go for it. I was like, I'm going to go for it. Um, I, did, I did some plays. I became a theater major. Um, studied in New York City. Uh, I did an off-Broadway show for a bit. Um, I've done some professional Shakespeare, 
done some national ads. So I've done a lot of little things that kind of add up to a, a lot and in, in so to speak, but um, I'm very lucky with, with the things I've gotten. That's like the right word to use. But, um, you know, I've auditioned for a lot of, a lot of big things, but nothing, nothing crazy happened. So, you know, if you've watched ESPN, you've probably seen a commercial I'm in or things like that, but nothing, nothing bonkers, right? I haven't been in a Matt Damon movie or anything like that, which is what I think people- Cross fingers. Yeah, cross, exactly, cross fingers. <laughs> but I think people equate that as like, oh, well, that's what an actor is, where there's this whole bottom set below that of like industrial work, where like, if you, get a new job right somebody they pay actors a stupid amount of money to make those ridiculously bad sexual harassment videos <laughs> like the training videos and all of that so yeah no so there's find a video of him sexually harassing somebody somewhere i've never done that but if you, <laughs> if you um i've done like those generic like this is how you pick up a box nah, yeah. like major shipping companies and whatnot so. except he picked it up with one arm because he's got yeah, those big biceps curling it. Boom, baby <laughs> Uh, so I have a couple follow-up questions to that then. As far as, uh, you mentioned that you've done some stage stuff and you've all also done some stuff behind the camera. Which do you prefer, do you think? I prefer film because, uh, I'm a very technical actor and there's a whole nother, like, that's a whole other podcast that you can kind of get into, like, of what, what, like, what it takes to be an actor. But, um... In film, there are so many times where, like, you think an actor or an actress is thinking about something so dramatic, right? They're just thinking about this incredible moment where, in actuality, they're probably like counting to ten. They're probably <laughs> like just trying not to blink because when that when you're framed like this, right, like those close-up shots, like anything that moves, it's a lot, right? So if you're framed in, in this and you blink while you're talking, the whole audience is gonna be like, why is this guy blinking? Like, stop blinking so much. So I like film because it's so technical. Stage, you have a little more freedom. You have that time to relax and whatnot, but, and, and it's and there's a lot more money in film also. Like that's- And <laughs> just add that on there, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the main thing. But I think I'm a better film actor than I'm a stage actor. I don't sing. You're never gonna hear me sing, seriously. And that's kind of like what theater, like there's that whole subset of theater. It's like musical theater, right? I'm not a singer. My wife sings, incredible voice. She's traveled the world singing, blah, blah, blah. For me, that's the only thing I get nervous about. Like I right, no go good. nervous singing, oh, I hate it. <laughs> uh, damn near tone deaf. Oh my God, it's bad. What was that, James? I was like, check off all those Disney films. You can't be in any of those. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly, right? I'm never going to be Aladdin. No, half of the time, the person who does the voice doesn't do the singing. Or they used to. Uh, they used to like... Always. Yeah, they always have someone else sing the songs. Like uh, one of my favorite songs from a... Uh, uh, Mulan, the be a man. That's a song by Donny Osmond. Like, <laughs> it's not even, you know, like, you never know who's singing the actual songs. Unless they're like, you know, huge, but... Uh, so you don't you don't sing then at all no. i dance i'm not gonna I see can... you as javert in like les miserables or no i mean i can like character sing right like i can do like i was jafar and aladdin in high school um i've done some some chorus stuff but i just i just don't sing i just some not. things you just don't i mean it you don't want to be kind of 
uh, you don't want to do it once and then be typecast into that or be like, oh, that's your roles now. Like, and you, yeah, you know. and like, I mean, typecast, no, I want hunt. If my acting resume is entirely the douchey frat guy, not even, <laughs> not even like, it's just a part of it. And that's like, if anybody's listening and they want to be an actor, like that's the number one thing I can recommend is know your type, right? If it doesn't matter, like it sounds bad, but if you're the goofy friend that's kind of overweight, go with it, right? Like that's what you have to go. Like how many, that's like, you have to know your type. You have to know because that's the number one thing that happens like an acting school, right? It's like a good acting school will tell you your type. They're gonna be like, yeah, you're never gonna be the lead role, right? Unless the lead role, lead role is, you know, your your type, right? Like, think about like Jack Blacks. Think about the the McLovins, right? Like all these people that have built roles and made millions of dollars being typecast. Hey, Jonah Hill is a serious actor. He is, but he is right. Like he was able to parlay. It yeah. When he but he no, he definitely had a type when he started, and he was able to work his way into other roles. But I no, I I that's that's just playing to your strengths, right? Like that's yeah, yeah. Being a douchey frat guy is my strength, right? <laughs> you beat the guy beating me up in the movie, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Uh, All right, I'm gonna I never I never beat you up. Too nice. So, Chris, I did want to ask you about something. Uh, you, I just, I just did like a, I just became Bill Cosby there for a second. Oh, you, uh, Christopher, you started a Twitch team. So, yeah. But so you're not, so, because you're not partnered. To create a team on Twitch, you have to be partnered. Absolutely. But yeah. you're not partnered, but, but you created Clever Nation. So I, I kind of want to know. We'll, we'll get into that. I but you run the team, though, right? It's yes, called it Clever well, Nation. Yeah. So uh, Waxley is actually a partner, and she's a friend of mine. And she, so what I did was initially my Discord was mine. It was for Christopher Clever, the Twitch streamer kind of Discord. And I started noticing that uh, we, we have. Uh, friends of ours that have been in multiple communities before and a lot of the discords that people run are for their own twitch channels and they're kind of dead and it's like it's i decided to turn my discord into like a community and say hey let's let's make this about we and us instead of just me and you know everybody can promote their stream there you can come in if, even if you're a new streamer or you're a tenured streamer and come in and we decided to kind of uh, all together build this group of friends uh you know i call it the comfy couch of twitch community like it's nice. basically we're all kind of just friends hanging out we raid each other we host each other we support each other even if we just leave a lurk in others channels and stuff to get their numbers up and it's just kind of this uh boosting mentality to try to you know uh get a, get everybody kind of on the same page and uh Waxley is a good friend of mine and a uh a Twitch partner, a recent Twitch partner. And she was like, hey, I really like what you're doing with the community. You know, I know I haven't been a part of it a lot, but I really like what you're doing and you're doing it the right way as opposed to the pyramid scheme, somebody sitting at the top and saying, you have to follow me to join my community, you know, that kind of thing. She was like, I'll offer you the Twitch team. So it's kind of partly a community for people to join. And then the more, I guess... Uh, the, the more that we see people kind of support and come in and really, really help others and kind of be selfless, then they can kind of apply to the Twitch team and kind of have that official stamp of Clever Nation under their stream. So it's kind of a double, you know, double thing. Um, but it's been super successful so far. We're still a little bit small, but I mean, it's it's all full of growing streamers that um, they put in the freaking work, man, and it's really good. Uh, so I, I think that any streamer looking to just kind of get a few more views and to also make friends, it's it's a really good way to do it. 
So how long after I join do you mail me my complimentary cleaver? <laughs> uh, maybe maybe a week. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> I really want the I want my cleaver. That's cool though, man. Uh, you know, it, the whole team thing is interesting because it when you when you start to like put people together, a lot of people come in with kind of different expectations, and it, it's some, sometimes it's hard to kind of get like, you know, when when we formed a DLC. Uh, a few people have actually left since we started because they they felt that we weren't doing enough, you know, that we weren't, uh, you know, active enough and things. And so, like, it's it's interesting when you put a bunch of people together. Everyone has different expectations, and and it's cool that you've been able to build such a like a laid back kind of cool like you said the whole couch thing like it, everyone seems you know i i haven't been a part of your community for very long i was introduced to it by that bishop girl and so far I've, i felt very welcome you know you were super cool when i messaged you about being on the podcast and it's been it's been really cool like i i i really appreciate what you're doing and i think there needs to be more just like positive kind of outreach and and uh community just it's not i always tell people it's not a competition man everybody has something and- that's super huge that's super huge because like we we do have people that come in and uh you know some people expect more than others and they come in expecting that and i think i think a lot of people are kind of hit in the face with more of like the friendliness and kind of they're like oh this is oh this is what it's about it's not me just promoting my channel over and over and over and over and see what happens it's now like oh now you're saying hi and you're sharing memes and doing dumb shit in the discord and it's it kind of becomes this oh now these are people that I actually care about and actually do want to watch their streams and then in turn they come to yours and it's kind of like this you kind of have to create that rapport with people you can't just spam a link and expect things and I think my goal with it is to to have uh, I mean they're there we have a couple of different community managers and they're all different personalities and they all kind of do things a little bit differently but it's just enough where we can kind of have a tribunal where we sit down and talk about things if someone comes in like that we can always message them and say hey I'm willing to throw you on the community streamer list and throw you on the website we've got a clevernation.net slash live where you can see any of our streamers live but in order to get that kind of community streamer role it's very important to kind of come in and introduce yourself and make friends and be personable not you know just come in spam your link and leave and we have a lot of those but it happens you know yeah uh, mm-hmm. it's it's good twitch etiquette to kind of uh, network yeah. yeah unfortunately when you know news articles go out about ninja making half a million dollars a year mm-hmm. there's going to be opportunists right there's going to be people Absolutely. who say oh what there's money in this and they're just going to like hit start streaming on OBS and like hope hope they make a million dollars and start spamming their links everywhere and stuff right like there's definitely that there's 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 people who just see the money and the opportunity and try and jump on it and they don't really genuinely care about the whole social aspect of what's going on underneath you know so so that's cool that you have been able to cultivate that it I don't know it's cool yeah, we're we're trying to we're trying to uh, stick to us as a group, and I, I don't want it to ever become a click. I don't want it to ever become like a, a thing where people don't feel welcome, and that's like the whole goal is no matter how new or tenured you are, you're going to be a part of us as long as you know you just follow the rules and hang out. And I don't see any problem with it, so mm. I don't foresee any problem with it. So hopefully, it doesn't uh, you know 
I don't know. There are some communities that, and you know, I'm not going to talk shit about anybody on Twitch or any communities on Twitch or anything like that, but there are some that I've seen that started as, Hey, we're just a couple of friends. And now it's, you know, Hey, follow for follow. And you know, <laughs> there's a lot of these and I, you know, anybody listening that's trying it out on Twitch, try to make friends one at a time. Don't go off and try to, you know, do this follow for follow business. It's not going to work. It, you end up getting a bunch of numbers, sure, but nobody comes back to your stream. It's not going to happen. And you have to really, really uh, have good content. That's the best advice I could give you. Have good content. Bring people back that way. Content is king. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, 90% of it is content. You can't beat it, right? Like, mm-hmm. even I, if- think, I think gimmicks might work here and there, like, you know, but at the end of the day, like, it's true. I mean, content really is king. Like, you can't. Not saying that there aren't other things that would be lucky or things that might fall in your favor or people might host you or people might raid you, but it's like you can get raided every day and if they don't like your content, they're never going to come back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, got, you have to earn it yourself. And it's one of those things where our community is not a Band-Aid for that. If you're, if you're not already getting views or you're not already interacting with the chat, if somebody comes in and you don't talk to them or you don't interact, they're not going to come back. And, and joining a community, whether it's mine or anybody else's, uh, our community is there to kind of help boost your confidence, make friends. You know, I mean, we're we're going to be there to support you if you have a bad day. You know, we have a venting channel in the Discord where you can come in and just say you had a bad day, and we're always going to spam you with emotes and be like, "Hey, we like totally, we love you." Like, we'll show up tomorrow and kind of give you a better day. And it's about that. It's not about. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's just one of those things that people have high expectations, and sometimes it's just. You have to do it naturally. You can't grow unnaturally on Twitch or it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're dealing with people that you're interacting with directly. So if they don't like you and what you're doing, they're not going to come back and you can't force people to like you. Well, absolutely. I've also seen people that, uh, well, I've seen, I mean, we're not even going to talk about the the view botting experience that I've seen, mm-hmm. but there's also people that will do the, Hey, follow for follow, you know, you support me. I support you. I promise. I promise. And they get 10,000 followers and they get partner. And then all of a sudden, all those people who tried to do the partner push with you and tried to raid with you and all this stuff, they never gave a shit about your channel. They don't come back. And then you end up sitting with five views a day and you're a partner. And it's like, well, you didn't really grow naturally. You didn't make friends. You just kind of got the average up and you, you know, you slip through the cracks, so to speak. And so, it's not partner is not make or break you. I don't care if I ever get partner. I just want to make sure that I have a community that's going to not only support me, but support everybody else in my chat, everybody else that's kind of coming in and trying the Twitch thing. And like, even if you're day one, we want to try to teach you like the proper Twitch etiquette, how to make friends and not, not how to, you know, even if you do selfless things, like when people raid, they don't realize that, you know, they'll, they'll host Ninja every freaking day of the week. (laughs) Serious. It's like, this is, kind of a teaching point like we love ninja too go go to ninja stream i'm i'm not taking any viewers away from him but host somebody who's who's like you who like kind of stick within your range of like hey this is a cool girl who's streaming over here and she's playing outlast and getting scared and it's fun i'm gonna host her and give her a couple views and then the next day she's gonna do it back to you so it's like you guys kind of have a thing now it's like you know you're you're supporting other people and it so you just be selfless and you'll actually get rewarded somehow. It's just along the way. It just kind of how it works. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you can't motive, like your, your motivation for doing things, people there, people have a sixth sense. Like, you know, you can tell 
no matter how good of an actor you are, eventually, you know, someone's true intentions are going to come through. Oh yeah. You can absolutely. only you can only fake it for so long. You know, after after years of streaming, the persona is going to fall away and people are going to be able to tell if you actually give a shit or not, right? Like yeah. it I, 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 you know, bringing it back around to Cobalt, that's something he mentioned before. He said, you know, when he first started streaming and there, you know, people had these personas and stuff. He said, even I had at first was like, you try and have this whole high energy thing and like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, eventually when you've been doing it for that long and, and you, you know, it's just the real you will eventually shine through. I mean, yeah, un- really. un- unless unless your stick is a persona, unless your cardboard cowboy, I, or- I love that dude. Oh, I, I love. <laughs> I I heard so he was going good. to TwitchCon, and I'm so excited about it. He's so great. But you know, un- unless you're playing a character, eventually people are going to see your true colors, right? And yeah, and and you you can't pretend to be a good person, right? Like people will see, oh, he's just doing it for views. Oh, he's just doing it for money. Oh, he's just you know. You, there, you have to have some genuine like desire to want to do this, to do it for, you know, that's why you see so many people fall off too. You know, I know a yeah. number of people who, you know, when I started, you know, they started around the same time and they lasted a few months and they're like, Oh, I didn't, no one watched my stream. So I gave up and moved on to something else, you know, like <laughs> if, if you can't handle talking to yourself, Twitch is not the <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like, I know it's, it's unless you're coming from like somebody famous or something like that. Like, I mean, you, yeah, there's always those anomalies, right? Like there are people who are immediately start out. They get like people, they're either A, bred or better broadcaster or B, they're playing the right game or C, it just works, right? Yeah. Like sometimes it just works for somebody. Like, and that's and that's the number one thing is like you got to, I was talking to a good friend of mine today and, and he's a broadcaster on Twitch and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say his name or anything like that, but he's, he, he's talking about like he's struggling, right? Like he had just almost reached partnership. He was like at 73 viewers, right? And he was, Oof. And he fell short of it. And he was talking about how like it was the it was like he was felt so upset. Like he, he was literally told me he was like, Yeah, I cried in my office. He's because like, I felt like I had let everybody down. And I was like, bro, like it's your journey, right? Like if you had X amount of viewers grind it out in six months, you might have double that, right? And then so it's yeah, yeah if you're already there, you're you're gonna get there. It's yeah, you just gotta you just have the, the partnership is not gonna change who you are, and it's not gonna change your audience, they're gonna stay. It's, it's like a, it's a tool and that's like, and that's one thing like, you know, you, you, you've, you've talked about Cobalt a couple of times and Cobalt's a very good friend of mine. And uh, that's one of the first things he told me. He's like, dude, he's like, it's a, it's a tool, right? Like it, it kind of gets you in the doors in some regards. Like, of course, like there are partner only parties and there are things like that. And like, of course, like somebody might take you more seriously in a business setting, but like at the end of the day, a partner, nobody's going to streams and saying you're a partner. I'm watching you because you're partnered. No, like content's king, right? They're going to watch you because they like you. They're going to watch you because of, you know, something around that way, something else, right? Yeah, and it's like exactly the opposite too. There are people out there that only watch you if you're small. Like once you, like they don't even look at the larger streamers because all they want to do is support the smaller people. Yeah, and I know people that there's always, and you're always going to lose people when you grow because there are those people that just want literal one-on-one interaction. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and, and you can't get that. You can't. That's not. That's not realistic. And the hip there. I, I call him. Uh, it, it, it's kind of a joke, and I appreciate every viewer, but I call him hipster viewers. It's like, oh, I liked him before he was big. You know, like back <laughs> yeah. when he only had five viewers, and he used to answer all my questions. You know, like. Mm-hmm. 
some people they 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 look for those streams. I have a few people in my community that admit that they're like, I I like hanging out here because I know that when I ask you a question, you're gonna respond. And you know, I I do worry about that. You know, if I do grow or the podcast, you know, whatever happens. I mostly do this as, you know, for fun on the side, it's kind of a hobby outside of my day job. But if I do end up growing, I, I hope those people stick around, but some of them probably won't. And that's just the nature of the beast, you know? Twitch is a 100% a revolving door. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. People are going to stay. You're going to get. And that's one thing that is so stressful and so like nerve wracking and so exciting about Twitch is like. You literally never know what's going to happen. Okay. Like you can look at that as like, if somebody is a streamer as their full-time job, they don't know if somebody's going to come in there and gift a hundred community subs. Right. And then suddenly you've got this little boost of income, right? You don't know. Yeah, or next month know. you may not have any subs. It's, it's might- very, it, it can be volatile and you have to be very careful about that. But at the same time, if you just stream and have a good time and you don't worry about it, which is what a lot of the people who I know have kind of made it to that level they, they, they're just like, Hey, I mean, I may not make rent this month, but I'm going to, you know, keep on trucking. And the next thing you know, somebody comes in and does gift 50 subs or something. And it's, it's kind of nuts. It's like, it's a crowdfunded job, so to speak. Yeah, there's nothing, really been nothing, not that I know of, right? Like, you know, when this whole resurgence of Twitch, you know, I'm, we're seeing Twitch on national headlines. We're seeing Ninja being interviewed by ESPN, you know, ESPN, uh, Samsung commercials of Ninja and Daquan on them. And we're definitely like, it's like, a, it's a scary time, but it's a, it's an exciting time for Twitch as well, because like what Twitch looks like in a year is going to be entirely different than what Twitch looks like right now. Oh yeah. Whether that is with like major companies coming out to play whether that's more tournaments happening, like the infrastructure on Twitch, I guarantee it is going to be bonkers different in, in in a year or so. It has, it has to. It's growing so fast. Mm-hmm. Mashif speculates that the logo will be yellow a year Ooh. from now. <laughs> <laughs> a little sunflower by it. Like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, I could, I could sit here and talk about Twitch all night. Uh, I, I did have a couple more questions for you guys individually, though. Uh, so Josh, along with, uh, being a, an actor and, you know, we, you've mentioned on, on some of your social media that you do, do you still work for uh good morning Memphis or whatever it is? So I am, uh, I'm a, I'm a local fill in for, uh, one of the TV stations here in, in Memphis. And so you do the weather. I do the traffic. Oh, do traffic. The traffic. That's but, right. Um, I work there um without like too too much detail but i do i work there also but if the stars align and they need to get some goob on on the screen right they let me because i was i was a full-time traffic not full-time traffic but i, I was a full-time tv reporter for uh, for a little stint um nice uh chase some some pretty crazy stories so yeah uh and then along with that so was the was the personal trainer stuff before or after all that, or was like kind of during? Is that something you it was also- kind of, personal training was like a means to eat while I was pursuing full time acting because I was in school, mm-hmm. I was I was acting, and so it kind of just worked out that I was in the gym so much, and then I ended up being able to just kind of parlay and in that into a part time you know, part time job. I did it for about five years, um, and I, I bounced around from having my not. 
I say having my own studio, but I worked out of my dance studio that I was dancing out of. And then they had a little gym in there. So I trained some people out of there. I worked on some major gyms. And, um, and then it, it kind of parlayed into Twitch and kind of doing all of that. And then things took a, a major, like life took a backseat to Twitch, right? I was like, go, go, go. And then I was on Twitch for about a year. Then I was like, all right, I'm done. I was burned out. You know, it happens. You know, if you spend X amount of hours and things like that, I was ready to, to kind of find out the next chapter. And the next chapter for me was, um, was TV reporting. And then I got there and it was kind of like, man, I miss Twitch. <laughs> Like I really miss Twitch, and then uh, I decided to um, I decided to come back, and I've been been loving it ever since. Uh, Caboose says the four chan raid broke you. Did you? Yeah. What, what have? What do you care to explain or elaborate on that? Or? So he's no, not, you have to. There, you have to. it was funny. You were talking about like the trolls, right? So, and I, I started at like one of the most toxic communities when it comes to like trolls. I was a Daisy streamer for, for full time for about a year and it was rampant with hackers. And yeah, one day I, I, I was rated by Fortran, Fortran twice once. And they, they came in one time they told me they, they posted on Fortran that I was about to kill myself. <laughs> and so people came in and were like, here we go. We're going to watch this guy kill himself on Twitch. What the hell? <laughs> and I had like yeah, 7,000. Help him. It's, oh, we got to watch this. So no, you like, no, yeah, yeah, you're 100%. A bunch well, of people just showed up to watch you kill yourself. They're like, you know, and it's one of those things like, what do you do? Right. Like you look at it one way of, I've got all these people. <laughs> you got to, you got to kind of, I have to entertain them. What do I you do? Have to, have to entertain them. And then one time, so that was one. And then the second time they came in and were, you know, were saying a bunch of trolley stuff and they were like, we'll leave if you put a shoe on top of your head. Nah, the old shoe oh, on yeah. the head. Yeah. The old shoe. And then I, I did, I, I played along and lo and behold, they left. And I think I still have like one or two viewers who came over from one of the, one of the 4chan raids. Right. Wow. I retained what well, wasn't all negative and it was never like, you can't, you can't take anything seriously on Twitch. Right. Like that sucks, but it's like, if you're on the internet and you're opening yourself up to anybody talking to you, you kind of got to have thick skin. Absolutely. Right? They're going to say really bad stuff. They're going to go straight to your core. Like they're going to try to hurt you and you got to, you got to be made of kryptonite or steel or something. Right. So, uh, by the way, Chris, is that Deschutes fresh squeezed? That is, that is, yeah. Oh, it. is that you have good taste, sir? I love that beer. <laughs> it's tasty. I'm gonna be honest. I wanted a different beer, but Walgreens is last for me. No, no, no. I love this beer, but <laughs> but when I saw this, I was like, I have to get that. Josh Tucker, do you drink alcohol at all, or is your body a temple? My body is a temple. But I do. <laughs> I'm a gin guy, right? Like, ah, oh, there you go. I'm I'm a gin guy. I won't. I I I like beer. I like wine, but I'm a wine and, and a gin drinker. I will have a beer, but I'm not real big on just like having a beer with dinner. If I'm like drinking, right? Like I'm drinking. Like we're, if you're drinking, you're trying to get somewhere. Yeah, we're you know we're trying. There's an end of the road there, so to speak. Sure, makes sense. Gotcha. So. <laughs> and James is too young to drink. <laughs> I got my water. I pretty much only drink water as well. So I mean, if I had the option, I probably still wouldn't drink. Water's free. Everything else isn't. We're gonna is get it free though. <laughs> Everywhere I go, it's like two ninety nine a bottle. I don't know. I fill up right at the tap. Yeah. We're gonna get in trouble at TwitchCon, James. Uh oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's bad. Uh, 
By the way, one last thing, Josh, and then I have a, a couple of quick fire questions for both of you before we get to the beefs. Uh, Josh, you have a verified Twitter account. I do. Oh, that's some shit. Yeah, it does the weather. <laughs> it's uh, it's one it's, traffic, it's bitch. That, like, he said traffic. <laughs> it's something that is is like you know, it's like a it's people like it, and it's like a big deal. But people like people like and people have like been mad at me that I have a verified Twitter because they'll be like, "Well, you, I have X amount of thousand followers. Why are you verified?" And it's just. Because I didn't DM everybody and demand they follow me. That's yeah, exactly. It wasn't a follower for follower. Yeah, no, it's just um, Twitter verifies people based on, and you know, journalists fall under that. So when I was a full time, um, when I was a full time TV reporter, yeah, you know, I was I was tweeting out breaking news. I was live from scenes. I covered everything from you know homicides the church shootings to a plane with the with marines falling out of the sky and, and everybody being killed in it so like and they just want to make it's twitter's way of, of verifying that i am who i says who i am who i says i am right and they just <laughs> i am who i am and that's all that i am yeah exactly so it's just a way and now it and, and, and it's the, they haven't taken away yet. So, and I, you know, I still do traffic. I still do things here and there. I still try to try to do other stuff. So it's not just me slamming my Twitch link down people who used to follow me because of news related, but mm-hmm. here we are. But it's you know. funny how a little badge changes everyone's perception. They're like, oh, oh isn't it though? Verified Twitter. Or it's like when you see uh, the verified button and someone in chat, you're like, oh, who's that guy? Yeah. Why you know, it's, you're not wrong there. Like a, neuro when i followed him he even said he was like because there's a lot of those twitter those verified twitter accounts that are like five following five hundred thousand people and they're you know have five hundred thousand followers right like and they're mm-hmm. some random account and he was like oh i thought it was just one of those and then i clicked on him and he's like you're a human and i was like yeah. <laughs> yeah like and that's how that's how i met neuro and you know how it kind of gets gets plugged in so yeah well, yeah, you and Nero are both big on the fitness. Yeah, we, we hit the gym every now and then. I think we're going to get swole at TwitchCon together. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Swole bros for life. Exactly. You can lift me because I'm going to be shit hammered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to need a few designated uh, lifters. My pork lift. Um, that's, why, that's why James is staying with me. He's going to be my DD for the weekend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. I'll get an Uber. Um, Walks in, you just hand your car keys over. Yeah, <laughs> this is what we're doing. Like, I've got a license, but I'll do my best. <laughs> do you not have a driver's license, James? I don't. I, in high school, what I the was f- like, as soon as I hit 16, I want to get my license. And then at 16, it's like, I don't have time to get a license. I was doing tennis three hours a day, followed right by academic decathlon. So I just never had the time to do it. I mean, I didn't get my license until I was 21, so I'm not going to blame you there. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I was just playing. Wow, that's <laughs> let's be honest. See, I, I'm in my I'm in my room all the time. Why do I need a license? No. It's really bad here in Vermont, though. Everything's in walking distance, so it's like, why do I need a license here? I could see that. I mean, there's a lot of people in Austin that bike and do stuff, and there's a lot of people that don't. I met a girl uh, a couple years ago to just rode to a date on a bike and i was like okay i mean do you want me to take you home no i got it it's fine i just you don't have a license no it, it happens 
I think where you lived, it, it, it makes it easier in some places than others. If you live in the cornfields of Utah or something, I don't know. If it's <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's my situation. Cause I live in central California. Everything's so spread out, like in the central Valley. Yeah. Like if you were to live in LA or San Francisco or, you know, one of those areas there, the public transit's better, but like it will actually LA, the public transit is pretty terrible too. Like you kind of have to own a car in California to get anywhere. So it, it kind of changes the equation. I, I was that guy that got like, well, I wasn't the guy that got my driver's license on my 16th birthday. Cause I failed my first driving test, <laughs> but the second time around I aced that bitch. So, uh, yeah, 16 and two weeks. I think they made me wait a couple weeks before I could take it again. But I was, I had my driver's license for most of high school. Cause it was just like, that was, to me, that was freedom. That was like, I can go anywhere and do anything now. And my best friend moved to Pasadena, like after we, we were best friends our entire lives. And then, uh, he basically, his mom passed away and he was forced to move in with his dad in Pasadena, which was like two or three hours away. So like, that was a big motivation for me to get my driver's license so that I could, I basically spent, I would drive up and spend my summers with him. So that was like. I have to get my driver's license. My my best friend. Got to go. Got to go chill with him. So, James, did you get my uh, my DM? I did. Yeah. All right. So, what kind of questions are these, Jimmy? These are the these are the the quick the quick fire questions that I always ask. Like I've never seen this list before, so now it's like here. It's like wait, you always ask these? I no, I I, I pick that. from the list. We have a list of like kind of just quick questions that we like to ask right before the break do you want to do you want to pick some of those out for them anything you're interested in uh, asking sure. porn star names no <laughs> <laughs> yeah the one i always like hearing we're gonna go with chris first and then josh room desk and car which one do you clean first and why and um, i can see your desk chris so i'm gonna i'm gonna say room just because, I mean, if you have guests over, uh, specifically my girlfriend, it's probably a good idea to have the room clean. The desk, she understands because I stream in the car. I mean, you know, we'll take an Uber downtown to drink, so it's fine. I think it's always always keep the room clean. Always keep a, a bed made, laundry done. It's a good, good idea. That's that's my answer. Mm-hmm. All right, and Josh, same question. I desk, mean, room and car room but only because like my wife is coming through like a blaze of glory <laughs> I mean, think i'm joking like i am not a very clean person like i'm not like stacking dishes but i'm the guy that like rips off his pants walks inside throws it on the couch like we'll leave a cup out and she is very very clean oriented and so like that's point of contention so if i at my desk like covered in magic cards <laughs> i just want to i just want to point out that earlier on i watched josh's stream earlier and there was a moment where he walked away and he came back and he left the mic on and i could hear his wife going josh why did you leave his washcloths in the closet like in the <laughs> yeah no 100 <laughs> percent. so yeah calling him out the, the room no it's, it's like it's it, it happens right like she's got any mode in my channel like but i love her to death and bless her heart to, for dealing with no <laughs> preps for me she cooks for me everything but uh, yeah at the end of the day she um she would not my stream wouldn't happen without her and so i'm cleaning the room because the 
the desk and the car are already dirty. <laughs> Let's be honest, Josh. That's why we have green screens, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right, hundred <laughs> percent. Nice. Just piles of skeletons back there. Like, all right. Yeah, I have a green screen because my desk is in my living room. Like mm-hmm. behind me is a couch sense. and a TV, and like Lady Navio is hanging out behind the screen half the time. So. <laughs> all right, James. Oh, you want me to ask? I put James in, in charge of the quick fire questions this week. I want to hear his sexy voice more. Yeah, we often. didn't talk about this earlier, so I was like, wait, who's adding this right now? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. All right. Chris. Chris, what the fuck? If there's a sound that when you hear it elicits an emotion, what would you say is that sound? Um I this is probably me and about a million other people in the world, but um can it be a word? Because the word moist makes me <laughs> cringe so much. Moist. I, I know that I'm not the only one. Everybody gets mm-hmm. uh, and I've said it before on stream as a joke, but then even after I like ugh, like why did I say that? We had a guest on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Her name was Tropical Moisture. I yeah, I did I actually watched that. One. Yeah. <laughs> And we did talk about that. Yeah, we That's talked about very it. polarizing. And the whole time I was like, uh, it's like, can you just like change your name to Tropical Manure, please? I think it would be better. No. <laughs> Whenever I refer to her, I always say trophy. I'm like, I'm not going to say moist. <laughs> That's just weird. She once had the idea of calling the subs the Moist Boys. And I was like, if you do that. Yes. The <laughs> Moist Boys. So I was like, I can't do that. Have to, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know what it is, man. It's just a weird. It It just makes me think of like swamp ass for some reason like sweaty summer just like gross i don't know what it is it just that's what uh, yeah it it elicits an emotion of fear and anger and disgust (laughs) that's pretty much a combination of the three like almost wet but just like sticky yeah just like kind (laughs) of more slimy than anything i don't know i never hear that word in a good connotation it doesn't happen what about cake see that's the only one, but no one ever calls a cake like, oh, this is a very moist cake. I enjoy this. They never say that. Mr. Tres, Mr. Tres Leches over here, that's a very moist cake. It is, but see, I'm not always talking about cake. <laughs> that's true. I guess that <laughs> like is the, the rare one-off. What about you, Josh? Is there a sound that triggers you, takes you back I to I hate them? the sound of styrofoam like rubbing together. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, And that's like, a lot doesn't bother me. It's like that noise, and then like hearing my dog chew on something right like that's like Groot! like what do you ha- like what do you have so but it's definitely like just for the sake of the question like that styrofoam like ripping uh can't do it no nice i'm over it it's like scraping a fork onto a plate it's just oh, those sounds yeah. oh yeah i hate it someone else said uh when like uh when your teeth hit the fork or like rubs against the fork. Like when you take a bite, like teeth on metal. See that. That's probably only cringy for your, for yourself though. Unless somebody's just really like hammered it in there. That seems, <laughs> somebody's going to make a gif of that now. And it's going <laughs> to. All, All right. right. The content is made. Let's do it. So I'm going to ask one. Uh, this is for both of you. Uh, Josh, you first this time, actually. What's your favorite first word? Favorite curse word? I don't know if it's considered a curse word, but and I'm really into it right now. I can't say that. I can, actually, I shouldn't say that. Say it. That, 
No, because it's not even, I'm just like, I'm, I said I'm into it. It was like confirmed. <laughs> cuck a lot. Cuck? Yeah. Cuck. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I don't know if that's a true like cuss word or not, but that's like. <laughs> that, I think that's Cobalt rubbing off on you. He used to say that all the time. He, he would say it sarcastically, like jokingly. I don't know if it's him. I think it's just like. I run a relatively PG-13 stream, yeah. right? But I was that way even before. If anything, it's just bringing, it's bringing out. It's bringing out the true colors, I guess, right? True. That's a good one. What about sometimes you? People, sometimes people rub off on you too because like my girlfriend says the word dope a lot and now I'm like saying, oh, that's fucking dope. And like, <laughs> that's true. And I, I oh, hear wow. it in, in my head and I say it and then I realize it and I'm like, I should stop saying that word so much. Um, I'm going to say it. I've never, I don't know. I, I feel like the word cunt is very funny. It's, yes. It's like, I don't call, like I don't call people individually that. It's just funny to just say in general. Like when I'm in traffic, like, oh, these fucking cunts in traffic. It's just like a good, nice word. It's not I, a nice word. It's a, it's a fun cuss word, but you know. Mm-hmm. That one's a popular choice on the show. You, you're the second or third person that's used that one. I love it when like British people or Europeans, like there, there's certain people that say it just right, where they just oh, get yeah. they, they just get that punch. Australians, Australians. I I know a lot of Australians too. Just like these fucking cunts, and I'm like, that's so good. It's just like that's <laughs> I that's where I get it from. It's just hearing other people say it like that. It, it seems very uh, a very wholesome, you know, kind of curse word. Yeah, no, it's it's solid. It's uh, it's <laughs> it it definitely uh, cuck and cunt. Those are both both solid solid choices. Cucky cunt mm-hmm. <laughs> and moist. Mm-hmm. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. So Josh Tucker, why is CrossFit trash? So I don't like CrossFit because <laughs> – Did you assume uh, that or did you like look into it before? No, I just – that's my oh, new question is why is blank trash? And I knew if I put CrossFit in that blank, I'd get a response. I what think CrossFit is uh, – and I have, I've talked to a lot of orthopedic doctors that this is not just me talking out of my butt, but like – I just feel like a lot of times it's not done in a safe environment and there's a lot of injuries associated with it. Like that is just a fact. Like I'm not saying that CrossFit will not get you in shape. I'm not saying that there are incredible athletes, but like taking some average Joe and putting them through the ringer of CrossFit, even like some of the early levels, like there's a lot of injuries associated with it. And so like, do I think if CrossFit works for you, that's great. But that is if you were just put a definitive statement of why is CrossFit trash, like that would be why I consider trash, CrossFit trash. I don't even really, I'm not an expert at working out or anything, but I've been to the gym enough to know that like you, and you can probably confirm this Josh, but like a lot of times when you do, especially heavy lifting, like you have to take a break and kind of rest a bit. You have to let your body kind of readjust for a couple minutes or whatever. And I see a lot of people will go in and they'll just do these pull-ups that are like, and I'm like, what are you doing? And that's it's like hard on your joints. Like there's no other way around it. It's yeah. like that gif where it's like, oh, he's going to do 50 pull-ups. And he's like doing the thing and there's a counter. And every time it's like zero, 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 zero. Yeah. Zero. Isn't there like, a name for those? They're not even real pull-ups. They're called like kipping or something, right? Yeah, like kipping pull-ups, I think. Yeah. It's, it's just weird about them. Shake weight. That's, <laughs> I don't understand it. 
It's not my thing. I don't know. Oh, by the way, I'll be mailing you your complimentary shake weights uh, as guests on the Hit the Bucket podcast. Uh, Is it signed and gently used? <laughs> no, rigorously used for sure. Okay, I, I put yeah. some. I put some time into it. It may come moist package. <laughs> Even better. Uh, so, Chris, last question for you. Unless James wants to pull anything else off of our super secret list. Uh, going back to stand up a little bit, since you have done it enough times to have some experience, if you had like three do's and don'ts of like getting on a stage in front of people and telling jokes, if there's any like, I, like in your first couple months or like after doing it for so long, like just right off the bat, what are some quick mistakes that I can avoid if I were to get up on a stage? Um, so the do's I would say are probably to sit down and write your jokes out and why you think they're funny and really, um, get intricate with them. Like try to, you know, find out what word is funniest, go to open mics, like do your thing, say it a different way at every open mic. Like if you have, you know, two or three open mics in a week, say your joke a different way at every open mic. Uh, I would say leave pauses in between, you know, your, your joke and the punchline a bit. So you kind of let the audience kind of get, get their laughs in. Um, but the don'ts for sure, uh, I see this a lot in the open mic uh, comedy community. There are a lot of people that get up there, mostly dudes, let's be honest. They get up there and they just start, my ex-girlfriend's a fucking bitch. And it's like, okay, wow. That's not even, it's like, wait, it just what? becomes this kind of like rambling rant and there's no punchline. It's just my friends thought that was funny. I, you know, I, I slut shamed her on stage and it's like, there's a lot of like, guys who do that where it's not even just that it's just the edgy kind of like if you think something's edgy oh i'm gonna make a 9-11 joke for my first set ever it's like come on like i understand that you know you see people like louis ck do it and other people you know you see these kind of uh established comics get into an hbo special well they took two years of trying out that material and perfecting it to make it funny all the nuance had an audience of 300, you know, and 50 to a thousand people to test it on every, every night. So you're doing it in front of 10 people and you're making a joke about, you know, something sexist or racist or, and it's like, just try to avoid anything like that. Try to start wholesome. It doesn't have to necessarily be clean, but I mean, even if you want to make a dick joke, do it, but make, make sure that it's actually funny and not just you, you know, I have a dick. Yeah. I mean, people do it. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen people make small dick jokes so many times on stage for their first ever time in an open mic. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I get it that you're doing the self-deprecating thing, but it's not very funny. And it's not, it just seems, everybody's just kind of like, okay. Yeah, it's just like, kind that of was sad. a statement. Yeah, it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a punchline. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't really, there's no real way that anybody can teach you how to write jokes. You just have to, um, kind of sit down and write and like one uh, whether you're into clean comedy or dirty comedy um one of the starting comics or one of the comics that i would say to start looking at is like uh you can look at bo burnham not his musical comedy it's funny but his actual jokes uh like he he did this joke where he said uh, my ex-girlfriend used to uh have this really weird fetish where she she used to dress up like herself and act like a fucking bitch all the time <laughs> And like, that's, it's a funny joke because it, it twists it at the end. It's like, you don't really know where he's going with it. And then it kind of turns it into a, oh, this guy's bitter. You know, it's kind of. He's essentially funny. saying the same thing as the other guy, but he's doing it in a way that's exactly. creative and funny yeah. and like. You yeah. set up an expectation, but then you flip it. Absolutely. And that's what makes it funny. 
Anthony Jeselnik, he's he's a very offensive comic, but he he's written most of the roasts on Comedy Central, but he does the same things. Uh, Stephen Wright is a good example of that. Um, anybody that does one-liners, it's it's really good to look at a one-liner and find out how they piece the joke together. R.I.P. Mitch Hedberg. Absolutely. Mitch Hedberg is pretty much my one of my all-time favorites. Um, rip apart one of their jokes. Like, write it down word for word and, like, space it apart. Find out when he pauses. Find out how he pauses. Find out how he puts a you know uh, an accent on certain words or certain letter, and like you realize that if he said it in a different way, they, then it, the joke gets butchered. Right. And so uh, there's so much that goes into it. It's not just. I mean, I've seen comics that kill, you know, in one venue, go to another, and they do the joke slightly different, and suddenly it's not funny anymore. And it's like you don't laugh because the audience isn't laughing, and it's a very contagious thing. So sure. I would say uh, come up with a solid five minutes of material and write it down and work on it and keep doing the same material for a couple months. Keep doing the same five minutes. Every time you go and do the same five minutes and try it in a different way, it's repetition. And eventually you get it to where that's a solid five minutes instead of just something you threw together. And that would be my advice. So that'd be some do's and the don'ts I think I picked out of there were don't necessarily go for the shock, crass, cheap oh, yeah. laughs, right? Not like, in the beginning. You, I feel like you, because I did that. I, I made really dumb, shitty jokes. Nothing, nothing like crazy offensive, but just stuff that was like, you know, like necrophilia. And like, I would just come up with this, oh, I'm going to make it a stupid necrophilia joke. And it's going to be so funny. And then it's just like dead in the water. And then I just look like a necrophiliac. And, everyone's like, <laughs> and then she put it in my not. butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then it then it just becomes this, oh, like, you know, this guy thinks he's funny. And, you know, it, it, the harder you fall, really. So mm-hmm. I would say start small. You know, you can relate jokes um, to life, you know, wife, kids, if you have them. If you don't, you know, think of stuff at your job. Um, I don't remember who it was that said this. I think it might have been... Uh, I don't remember what co- it was a bigger comic a long time ago. Uh, oh, it was Chris Titus, Christopher Titus, uh, who's have the show Titus. I remember on. that guy. He's he's actually really funny. Live. Yeah, like, he's hilarious. But he was on a uh, on a on a radio show once. I think it was Opie and Anthony, and he said, "Hey, here's what you do: write down something tragic or like in your life, not something like you know nine eleven type terrorist attack, but like your life. Write something tragic, like a girlfriend breaking up with you or whatever, and write it out. And th- the more serious, the better." And then go through that writing over and over and over again for the next like couple of weeks and rewrite it until it's funny. Like add stuff in, add, add exaggerations here and there, like make things. And he's like, that's how I made my comedy. And it's, it, you know, it's a success and it's funny. You that's know. A, yeah. That's an interesting approach. I hadn't really I thought like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so you to- don't take something that's already funny. You take something that's very serious and then you take it and go, Oh, now I'm going to do this with it. And, and people are going to be change involved. the angle on it or whatever. Do I know? No, I was saying just kind of like change the angle. Like yeah, yeah, take the same the situation and twist it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You change the yeah. way you look at it and it changes your perspective too and it becomes funny. So it's almost almost therapy in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something a lot of people don't think about too when it comes to comedy. The the work and preparation that goes into it. They just think like, oh well, I make my friends laugh, like so I can do this. And then sure well, there's making always your friends laugh is one thing. But making yeah. a group of strangers laugh, that's like an entire... Yeah, because it's situational. If you're with your friends, you you know their sense of humor. You can kind of tap into that. I mean, it's the same way. Like, um, I have a joke that I, uh, that I do. I actually showed my... I showed my... Uh, it's such a terrible video. But maybe that's just me being self-deprecating. But there's a joke that I do. 
and it hits kind of the young crowd, but it also hits a lot of older people. Uh, and when I say older people, I mean like 30s and up usually because of this, um, because it makes a reference and maybe you'll get it. But the joke is that I ghosted a girl recently and I feel really bad about it. Um, and for those of you that don't know what ghosting is, it's this weird phenomenon in the dating world where you're talking to somebody, you're interested, you know, uh, but then you just break into her apartment and make pottery. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that's, that's an old Patrick Swayze throwback. But right. for some reason, I when I told it. that joke, I opened with it in that video I sent you and it's, it's like 200 people and I was so nervous. And then when I said that punchline, the entire room roared and I was like, okay, well, I'm okay now. <laughs> like that's, that's nice. Yeah. Well, sometimes like you just have to like mood. play into, you know, kind of flipping it and, and play into what age your crowd's going to be or who they are, you know, mm-hmm. it just depends. All right. So we're going to get to our Jumbotron James here. Uh, we're, we're about halfway in, I but real quick without, without thinking too much about it, I'm going to, I got one more real quick question and then we're going to get to our Jumbotron James and we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we got some hot, fresh beef from Mashif. So Christopher, don't think too hard about it. Just first thing that comes to mind. What are you not very good at? Um, auto mechanics. <laughs> yeah. That's the first, I mean, that's the first thing that popped in mind. When, when my car takes a shit, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Straight to the shop. Yep. Nice. Josh, what are you not very good at? Singing. Right, <laughs> off, we about Singing right off the bat. <laughs> Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Come on. There we go. You got it in you. I'll Definitely give, not. I'll give you vocal lessons if you want. It, it's Please just do. another skill you got to develop. I'll I, get, know, right? I feel like I got to go write out my, my comedy now also. I'm yeah, like, <laughs> I know. Got some good pointers. Uh, I'll give put you- Put it together. You're Bo Burnham. <laughs> yeah. Josh, I'll give you vocal lessons. You give me Magic the Gathering lessons and we'll- uh, Okay, swing for lethal, always win. Yeah, okay. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure you'll teach me. <laughs> All right, uh, James, I think it is time. For uh, we yep. for those who don't know, we have a segment on the show called Jumbotron James. People can submit messages for James to read live on the podcast. Uh, it could be a message to a significant other. It could be an advertisement. It could just be you wanting James to read some fucked up stuff, which I think we have one of those tonight. So, James. Oh, well, this one. Get your mic. not too fucked up. Get your mic nice and close to your face. We want to hear your sexy, deep voice and read us some Jumbotron, James. All right. This one's from a friend. Crispy Audio. Twitch.tv forward slash Crispy Audio. Giveaway at 100 followers. I've actually seen a stream. He has. He's doing that. He's on the up and up ever since he came on our podcast. That's good. He's a good dude. Mm-hmm. And then, I forget which one of you had Bishop Weirrell do this. It was but Chris. I know it was one of you. It was Chris. <laughs> <clears throat> Whacking off underwater in my parents' swimming pool. Best part of pearl diving was the inlet port for the swimming pool filter and the circulation pump. Getting naked and sitting on it. As the French would say, who doesn't like getting their butt sucked? <laughs> yes for those who don't know that's towards the beginning of a story where a dude gets his inside sucked out of his butt and he almost drowns who's that what's the the author is uh 
It's Chuck Palahniuk. He's the the original author of Fight Club as well. Yeah. And he wrote a short story called Guts. And yeah. you can look it up online, but he used to read it at a book signing. And the one that I went to, people fainted and threw up because he was reading this story. That's how disgusting it is. They I, actually I showed why that he did it in one of the I didn't know where that was going, so I was... <laughs> it gets way, way, way worse. Yeah. It's gross. It's It's great. All right. Well, thank you, James, for that. Uh, if anyone I'm wants to, about that all night. <laughs> if anyone wants to have their message read during the podcast, uh, it's we use a currency on my stream called ducats. You can spend some ducats and uh, submit a message for James to read. If uh, we, we're probably, I'm going to add another way for people to submit those. If you're not a Twitch individual and you want to submit a message, we're gonna we're gonna set something up through email or something. Um, but J- James would like to read your messages. So get, submit those, those messages. You're allowed to self-promote. You're allowed wait, it's whatever you want. Submit a message and James will read it live on the podcast. Thank you guys for being here. We're going to take a short three to five minute break. Um, if you guys all just want to mute yourselves, when we come back, Mashif has assured me that this week's beef is perfect. He said, he had no problems, no audio issues, no uh, encoding issues. He is very excited about this beef. So you guys aren't going to want to miss it. We're going we're gonna to be diving into some hot, fresh Chiefs beef as soon as we get back from the break. All right. We are back. Uh, real quick, friendly reminder. Two things. Number one, this is episode number 20. I'm super excited that we have these wonderful guests with us today to celebrate our 20th episode of the podcast. We've been doing this for 20 weeks. I wish I could say 20 weeks in a row. We had a couple weeks where we didn't get one out, but we've been doing this consistently almost weekly. We've got 20 episodes out, and I'm really I'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish. So that excites me greatly. Also, uh, just one more time... You guys, everybody here watching, we're all we're all here sharing the love. Make sure that you go check out Christopher Clever. So twitch.tv forward slash Christopher Clever and twitch.tv forward slash Josh Tucker TV. They're both excellent entertainers. They're both uh, very passionate about what they do. Yeah, get some shout outs in chat. Thank you, Bishop. Um, go check them out. If you're out there listening to this in podcast form, the links will be provided in the YouTube description. Their names will be included in the, uh, in the title of the podcast. So you can Google them. You can go find their stuff. They, they deserve your attention. They're very wonderful for accepting my invitation to be here. They're, I'm having a ton of fun right now, to be honest. This is a great 20th episode so far and we're gonna jump into some beef and uh, see what Mashif has for us this week so I'm gonna switch over to our media view here and uh, bring up the beef that's not the right link hold on a minute if you guys want to unmute yourselves you are on the stream oh how's it going I've got the Sheaf's beef up hopefully you all have it up here I do so if you have it up, what we're going to do is on, I'm going to say one, two, three, go, and we're all going to hit play at the same time. So we're, none of us have watched this yet. 
For those at home who may be listening who are not familiar with this segment, our good friend Mashif, he's an angry old man, and he likes to complain about silly things. So he's going to give us two things that he's just not happy about, and we get to decide which one is the bigger beef. So uh, when you guys are ready, if you got that video up, we will get into it. Why is it acting weird? All right, I'm ready. You ready? All right. So I'm I'm gonna say one, two, three, go. We're gonna hit play, and we're gonna dive into some hot, fresh sheep's beef. Let's do it. All right. One, two, three, go. Welcome everybody to another episode of Sheep's Beef. Here we barbecue the beefiest of beefs to see which beef is Sheep's beef. We're down here at JTRHNBR Studio Network Complex Headquarters, bringing you today's hot, spicy beef. Here's your man with the beef, Meshif! Welcome everyone to the ring. I'm your host, Meshif, bringing you this week's hot and spicy beefs. We got two beefs going head to head, and we're going to figure out which of the two is the beefiest. First beef is adults and Halloween. You want to ruin something? Get some adults involved. Let's get started. So (laughs) Halloween used to be, and I'm going to start by telling a story. Halloween used to be when your mom or dad would open the door and say, I got you your costume. Go the fuck out there and get your own goddamn candy. (laughs) And you would go and travel, right? And you'd go around the neighborhood. And you'd go to the neighborhood next door. And you'd get as much candy as you could. And you'd hang out with your friends all night, causing pranks and goofing on each other and just having a general good time. Well, what ruined that? Adults. Adults managed to get into each other's heads, right? They started telling horror stories and really scaring the shit out of each other with, hey, they found they found razor blades in an apple and and this is infected with AIDS and all this other bullshit, which really on a on a microcosm it really does not happen, but adults are terrified that something can happen to their kid because they love them and I couldn't imagine opening the door like my parents did and saying go get your own candy to my son because there's nothing but story after story of all the stuff that could happen right stuff that could happen has ruined. Halloween. The other part of it is adults have co-opted Halloween and they've they've made it the six point nine billion dollar industry in the United States where we spend more money on that than we do a lot of other things. And what is it for? Plastic pumpkins, fake cobwebs, all this dumb bullshit. If you go this out, you go all out on Halloween like this giant spider on this house <laughs> and you're into the thousand to ten thousand dollar range for your decorations. You're done. You're cut off for the year. Not only do you not get to decorate anymore for Halloween, we're going to take away your Christmas card, too, because you've overspent. Okay, you've gone out of control. (laughs) This is for kids. Let's keep it fun, light, not over-the-top scary, and don't spend too much money on it because we got other shit we need to worry about. All right? Adults, you've officially ruined Halloween. You're the first beef of the week. Second beef is electric cars. Oh. Now, keep in mind, this is coming from a place someone that owns an electric car I was gonna I got say. One on a lease right now and I got a couple of beefs with it. First of all, electric cars, there's too much disparity, right? In the way that they look and the, how much they cost. On the low end, you have something like a Ford Focus, a Chevy Bolt, a Nissan Leaf, a Mitsubishi My EV. Those are averaging about $30,000, which seems kind of okay, but when you take into account the non electrified <laughs> version of that. Lady now uh, says hypocrite. They're usually about five mm, to six thousand. I saw that. Yeah. That's good. Now, the way that they offset that is that there's a federal grant program called a federal tax credit of seven thousand dollars on average for these cars, and that's what makes people go, hey, "I'll check this out. I'll give it a shot." Okay, I did the same thing, but the problem is when you start looking at it, on the low end, you really don't have the mileage that you need, 
On average, they're getting about 70 miles to the charge. Chargers take about 20 hours. And if you happen to find a charging station somewhere out in the wild, chances are there's some asshole prick on there that's just been topped <laughs> off but hasn't come to move his car. And you got no way to get on the charger when you desperately, desperately need to charge. Not that you can really get that far away from home anyway. Now, the other <laughs> part about him is that GM actually made a cheap electric car, and it was good. It was in the 90s. They had old technology. We should be able to do this. On the high end, the people that are doing it supposedly right is Tesla, Fisker. You've got these cool bitchin' sexy cars that look good, and then they go a long distance. You know, the Model X, all those cars that people are Video like, they're like Halo cars, right? No. But what is it about those that keeps people from buying them? Go. Oh, I know. Maybe it's the massive fucking price tag. To get something that works as a car in the United States, you need something that gets about 300 miles to the charge. Well, to get that, you're spending, on average, fifty dollars to $100,000. And that takes it way out of range of what someone would normally buy or spend on a car, especially in the United States, where the average purchase price is only $30,000. So, electric cars, get the cost down, get the range up. Don't look ugly, look cool. Those are your notes. Keep it together. Manufacturers, get on top of it. Until then, you're the second beef of the week. Jimmy, James, Chris, Joss, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this week's beefs. Which of the two is the beefiest? There's a right answer, and I'll give it to you right after this. All right. I'll pause it. I'm at 509. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to mine. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It it like froze and then it wouldn't load past that point. Well, you, you got the general idea though. So we got a couple. Uh, we got some hot beefs here. We have adults ruining Halloween, and we've got electric cars. He's not very. Yes. He's not very happy about either of those. Josh, mm-hmm. you have a big smile on your face. I think I want you to go first. Why don't you weigh in a little bit? What do you think? I, think I agree with the Halloween, right? Like. I don't know if it's adults, but like, and maybe it's just because I moved to a different part of town or what, but I just don't feel like trick-or-treating is what it used to be like at all. I just, I just don't like, I remember like having a pillowcase and wearing the same crappy ninja costume every year. Cause I wanted to be a ninja so bad <laughs> and like running around and stuffing it full of candies. And like my parents like didn't care. Right. Like there wasn't dangers. Like, I remember this one, like looking back, he was even like the creepy house on the street. Like we would, he would open it and be like, come in children (laughs) on the ground and to hell we'd be grabbing candy up off the floor, giant Snickers bars and all this stuff. And now it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a camera in the corner. Everything's fine. But now it's like, I think the big thing that I see and what I'm seeing with my nephews is they're doing like trunk or treat, right? They're going and it's like they go to the trunks, and but it's not the same to me, right? Like I liked knocking on the door, trick or treat, and then you wondered like if you got the good candy, you'd go spray it out. But I just feel like yeah, like I don't know. I have Mean World syndrome a little bit because I I work in news, right? Which is the thought that like I sit and I see all the horrific news, right? Like it happens, and so I have kind of a jaded view. But Halloween for me was always has never been something. That because you hear about like what the one bad thing, right? That one bad apple 
that somebody was putting a razor blade in, right? Like, and it makes the headlines and then you've got all that thing. You don't hear about the millions of good apples, right? <laughs> all, all the good apples that didn't have razor blades in them. So, I, you make it this political? Is that what you're <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I just want to say the only good apple during Halloween are the ones that aren't given out. <laughs> oh yeah, you definitely don't want to be taking apples from strangers. But the reason why we don't take apples from strangers is probably because we're afraid what's in it, right? Some bullshit rumor about one thing that happened one time like 15 years ago to one kid in one neighborhood. Yeah, no, it uh I agree. I don't know. What do you think? What what, what do you think about electric cars? See, I didn't know they only got like 70 miles per charge and then it took 20 hours like that like if you probably went back and like go back and watch the video that like actually shocked me i was like 70 like for me i'm like all right i'm never gonna let your car because that's like a trip down to my parents house and back my parents don't live very close and i don't have to charge for 20 minutes and then be out of commission like so that's what surprised i had no idea i thought it could go a decent amount i guess it's it makes sense, right? Like you plug your phone in, your phone doesn't last forever. You got to wait for it to charge back up. But I guess in my fantasy world, you just plug the car in, it would boom, and then you're ready to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, de- it depends on the car and it depends on, you know, if it's hybrid or, you know, but I'll, I'll get into that later. I want to, I want to hear from uh, Chris. I want to know. I don't know, man. This is, this is one of those things. Like I actually support both of them and I, I don't know. It's hard to have beef between, because like for me, as a kid, I did go trick-or-treating, and a lot of the costumes were very limited because, you know, I grew up in a uh, not well-off family, and it was always like, hey, let's go to the dollar store and get these cheap Halloween stuff, and let's go get the cheapest costume we can find. So, like, my Batman looked literally like a Missy Elliott video with the garbage bag. It was just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think can't that, stand uh, the rain. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, that's a throwback. But I was sitting there thinking, like, you know, as an adult, I, I I mean, even at my sister's house back in Memphis, we threw a giant Halloween party and I got really into it. And I wanted to hang plastic all over the walls with blood. And like, just, I was just like, this is going to be so much fun. And a lot of it was like, do it yourself. But to me, it was like kind of a thing that kind of pulled that childhood out of me where it's like, fuck yeah, I get to do what I want to do. You know, I don't have parents telling me I can't cover the living room in blood. Let's just do it. You know, like, let's have a good time and have a, you know, party and drink and whatever. On the same note, I support electric cars. The only downside of that, which he mentioned, I think, is how freaking expensive they are. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, yeah, you know, my friend was like, oh, you should really help the environment. And not like I don't want to, but it's like oh, $35,000 for this. I don't really want to spend that. You know, it's like, well, you're going to help the environment. I know, but uh, so I don't know. I'm, I, I guess to me, my beef would be more with the electric car industry because it's still being utilized as if we really wanted to save the environment as bad as we do, which I support, it would be something affordable. I mean, that's, that's my opinion. It would be a little bit more affordable, even if it's just a little bit more affordable, but they know that people are going to buy it. So the consumerism comes in, the capitalism comes in and it's like, Oh, we have to, you know, make a profit. And that unfortunately uh, supersedes anything else. So I I think that uh, I'm sticking with Halloween. My beef would still be with the electric car industry. Mm Mm-hmm. James, what do you think? <laughs> See, I have some pretty fond memories of Halloween. I would wear the same costume every year because I was dead set on this one cloak with the masks that you can't see my face, but I can see out of. I was like, this is the pinnacle of Halloween. 
but I hated the assholes down the street that they would dress up in full costume. They'd get a chainsaw without the chain, but then just rev it up and run at you. Like when you got near their house, cause they're like, Oh, it's just Halloween. We're trying to be like scary. It's like, no, you're just being a dick. Cause I, I'm the oldest of my family. So I'd like walk with my siblings. And when my brother starts crying, cause the guys are running out of the chainsaw, I'm like, dude, can you like knock that shit off? <laughs> He's Mickey mouse. Come on, dude. Like, yeah. Mickey mouse so it's just- like, and it's, I enjoyed it, but it's like these days it, it is really like weird. Cause I would just go out and like, Oh, I'm the, I'm the big brother. So just like watch the, the kids. And then just take them around the neighborhood. It was like that easy. But then like, at least in my neighborhood, it's like less and less people do trick or treating. Like everyone's houses are dark because they're like, don't come to my house. We're not participating this time. Or it's like, we're just going to a different event. And then spending so much money. My house was just, if the porch light's on, there's candy. But then some other people, they spend so much on the decorations. It's like, who are you trying to impress here? We're all lower. We're all like, lower class families here (laughs) it's like we're not trying to break the bank on halloween decorations and i like electric cars because they like tesla's like oh those are nice cars but trying to drive something that gets you 70 miles on a charge on california freeways you might run out of charge on the freeway you're not going to get very far it's like a nightmare uh, yeah i had to choose i'd have to say electric cars just because if you want something good, you're going to break the bank, even though it seems really good. Because it's like, well, I'll, instead of breaking the bank on an electric car, I could just buy a gasoline car that gets me like 50 miles to the gallon. And it's probably going to do like the same amount of saving the earth, but it's going to cost me less money. I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough one for me. because I have to. So I was I was borderline like I wasn't like do, do you guys are you familiar with the phrase latchkey kid? Do you know what that means? A latchkey kid is basically someone who like took care of themselves. Like you know, your parents were working, you'd come home from school, you had a key to your own house, you'd come home and you'd like I had an older sister and she pretty much took care of me. And like my both of my parents worked. It wasn't uncommon, and I mean, it still happens today, but not nearly as much. But like, there were a lot of times when it was just us, and so, and and I was expected to basically take care of myself from fairly like I'm a very uh, I'm a product of that generation where it's like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was almost a latchkey kid, but not quite. Oh, free range kid. I was a free range kid. Like my parents were basically like go outside. Like, you know, they let me, I, I remember playing computer games and whatnot, but there were times where I would, I would literally me and like 10 of my friends would skateboard all the way around town by ourselves. There were no cell phones. Like maybe I had like 50 cents in my pocket to call my parents from a payphone. And, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was a completely different time. Like, I don't know if you can even compare it now, but like we would skateboard for hours, like two or three hours. And I wouldn't tell my parents where I was. Like we were, we would skate all the way downtown and back. And we knew all the ins and outs and like the shortcuts and going through the trees. Mashif, you know what I'm talking about? California Avenue. Like from where my parents live, we would go all the way. Like for, we'd go from my parents' house 
all the way through behind the business district on California Avenue, almost to downtown and back. And uh, we were all like in sixth grade. Like we were like, you know, like barely, you know, we're talking 12, 13, 14 years old. And so the same thing applies when you talk about Halloween. I remember in sixth grade, like sixth grade, my parents just like exactly like you said, you know, I had a pillowcase and I went out with my friends. There were no parents outside. It was just a bunch of kids running around the neighborhood, just fucking yelling at each other, smashing pumpkins, like trick or treating. It was madness. And it was, but it was like, it was, that was the fun of it. It's just like, there's this night where it's like safe to just go out and run around and get candy and do shit. Of course, there were like the high school assholes. You know, they were called uh, bag snatchers in my neighborhood. They, you know, you, you had to watch out for the uh, the bag snatchers because there were older kids who would just like run by and snatch your bag after you'd been working for two or three hours trying to earn your earn your candy. So you had to keep an eye out for the for the bag snatchers. But other than that, like it was it was just like you know. I ran into other kids from from my school that I like only usually saw at school, but we'd come around a corner and be like, "Oh shit, it's Shelly and Steve and and Andrew." Like I didn't know. Like I forgot we lived in the same neighborhood. I don't know. It was just <laughs> it was such a cool social thing, and it, but it but there were no parents around. All the parents were inside the house drinking their fucking like wine coolers and box wine and. You know, they were watching TV and waiting for kids to show up to throw candy at. But the kids were outside running around. I, th- I feel like it was a win-win situation. We lost track of that. It's like, oh, okay, cool. We send the kids outside and we get to, like, watch a movie and eat some popcorn and chill. But, I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was like, exactly. It was like. To have alone time. And, like, <laughs> I don't have any fucking children right now. They can just go. Because I used to go out on my bike. And we would stay out from. I don't know, right after school at like three till like 10 at night. And my mom's like, as long as you're in at 10 at night. And I feel like those so many six or seven hours, my mom was just having a blast. Like she's like, oh, I don't even worry about it. By the time you get home, your parents are like, have a good time. Cool. <laughs> yeah, brush your teeth and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's funny you mentioned the bike thing. Cause towards the end of my Halloweening days, like that was, that was the strategy, right? Like you would, you would, ride your bike to the neighborhoods where you think you would get the best score. And then you would, and then you'd all park your bike somewhere. You'd like hide them in a bush or like whatever. And you would like hit those couple of blocks with, in my area was an area. There was a neighborhood. There was a neighborhood called old Stockdale and there was a neighborhood called Stockdale estates. It was like the rich neighborhoods. So we'd ride our bikes over there. We'd hide our bikes and, you know, somewhere. And uh, and then we would just hit all of the rich houses and hope for like the full size Snicker bars and shit. But there was mm-hmm. there was zero parent intervention. No one had cell phones. No one, you know, it's like just be home eventually. You know, like, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> like I, maybe right. Maybe you get kidnapped. You go, eh. <laughs> who knows? No abductions are lower. Statistically, there are fewer abductions now than there have ever been in history. The only reason it seems <laughs> inflated is because the the dissemination of information. 
it seems more common because you hear about it every time it happens. Back in the back in the fucking eighties and nineties, if some dude got abducted in New Jersey, you didn't hear about it in in California local news. Like, yeah, it didn't because therefore it didn't happen. There was no internet. No one like you didn't know what was happening across the other side of the continent. But now it's like that's the problem is that like everybody knows about everything that happens. So it seems like it happens more often when statistically it's safer now than it's ever been. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that completely. So I, I feel like personal, uh, by the way, free range kid, Google free range kids. That was my life. Like my parents were basically like, go outside and play. I don't give a shit. As an adult, I've learned one thing. Don't Google anything kids, please. <laughs> no, free range kids is actually, there's a woman who got in trouble be- because she, uh, she gave her, she, her, I think her son was like eight years old and she lived in like New York or New Jersey. And he was like, Hey, I want to ride the subway home. And she gave him enough money to figure out how to ride the subway home by himself. And she took a ton of flack for it. And so she ended up becoming an advocate for this movement called free range kids, where it's like, your kids are smart enough to figure out how the world works. And, and I'm a, I'm, I'm actually an advocate for it. Like, I feel like our kids are way too coddled. And I think we need to give them more freedom to kind of learn and grow with the world because it's it, it's it's no more dangerous now than it's ever been. It's actually safer than it's ever been, but because of like like Mashif said, the whole shock value. So long yeah. story short, I don't I didn't mean to rant, but for <laughs> me personally, uh, the the Halloween one, I'm gonna have to go with that one because it's kind of a archetype for a bigger problem. Everyone's scared as fuck about something that's probably not going to happen. I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I completely understand why you'd pick that. I think I think the electric car thing, I think it's just a matter of growing pains. I think we're getting there. I yeah. think, you know, we're we're a few years away from like you know, we've talked about this before. Battery storage, like energy storage is the real problem. In the next few years, there's going to be a huge revolution in 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 energy storage, and that's going to solve all those problems. We're just not there yet. So yeah, I don't. I, don't I, I personally don't think that's a bigger beef. I think the whole like coddling of children and not letting them go out and explore the world is a bigger beef because we're going to have a bunch of kids who don't know how the world works. I can see that. Yeah. The, the, with mm-hmm. the electric car thing, I can also mention that I, I don't remember who tweeted it the other day. It was somebody that went viral somewhere, but somebody had said something on, on Twitter about how, uh, uh, can we stop pretending like you eating vegan or you buying a electric car is really going to fix the, you know, the global warming or the environmental crisis when we've got corporations that are pretty much still churning out, like, you know, I don't know what the word they used, but it, it's, it's kind of that, like, is me changing what I eat or what I do, you know, as one person, I mean, it's really hard to believe that I'm going to make that much of a difference. I'm not saying that you don't make a difference because you do, but it's like when you look at the corporations that still haven't turned over to like better energy sources, it's kind of like, uh, that's a bigger problem in my opinion than just one dude kind of sitting on his ass and farting and eating, you know, hot dogs. I don't know, dude. I'm pretty sure my farts are putting holes in the ozone layer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I can see that. <laughs> my wife would probably agree. <laughs> she smells Jimmy Navio's. Yeah, all, all the way over here. With our powers combined, we are Captain Poop Pants. <laughs> Wonder Twin powers activate. Um. So I'm going to go with the Halloween one as the bigger beef. 
What do you guys think? Uh, well, you already asked us. Well, well I mean, I we answered. I'm, I'm Halloween. I'm, on my end, it's it's us up top, and then I think it's I haven't seen the stream, but it's like split, right? You guys down below are yeah. electric cars. So electric, James, did you go with electric cars as a bigger beef? I did. Knowing it's it's hard because it's like you kind of want to choose what you think Mashif is going to choose. <laughs> no, it's what like, you think. It's like. So yeah, James and, and Chris are going with electric cars, and and Josh and myself are going with Halloween. Oh, we're just That's right. It. You could have just said, you know, we're, we're right. We're right. <laughs> well, we will see. Because according to Mashif, there is a right answer. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, so I let me. Where's my video at? Let's see. I had it. Oh, here it is. All right. Let me switch back over to my media view. I am at five oh nine. All right. Uh, So if you all want to get to 509 and we'll hit play and we will see the results here. So on go. One, two, three, go. Well, Jimmy, James, Chris, Josh, how'd you guys do? You think you got the beef of the week? Because it is. Oh, what is this? I'm not a gnolf. I'm not a gnoblin. I'm a gnome. And you've been gnomed. Adults and Halloween. They're the I did not come here tonight to be gnomed. You got gnomed. Think back to when you were a kid, okay? And you had just an awesome Halloween experience. Were you getting in and out of the back of your mom's car to run up and down the one one house and going to the next and running up and down? No. Let's put a stop to that. I'm not saying pull the brakes on the whole thing and stop Halloween and get adults out of it and be dangerous and be, be out there. No. What I want everyone to do, if you're an, an adult and a parent, if you're an adult and you want to participate in trick-or-treating and Halloween, have the good candy. First of all, have good candy. Okay. Second thing I want you guys to do, don't go overboard with the decorations. And let's do this a little bit by a little bit. Okay, we're not going to change the whole world overnight in one Halloween, but what I want parents to do, do not drive your fucking kid from house to house. Okay, let them have a real Halloween. So this Halloween, don't drive them from house to house. Next Halloween, we're going to take a little bit more. Okay, we're going to walk with them. And we're going to stop in the neighborhood and we're going to watch them go up and down the street by themselves because it's fucking Halloween. Give them a little bit of freedom. Halloween after that, hey, I don't know. Let's go crazy. Let's open the door and say, go ahead. Have fun. Be safe. You got your phone. Okay. Let's take Halloween back for the kids. Be safe and have a good fucking time. Like I used to have when I was a kid, when Halloween was fun. Now it sucks. (laughs) So Halloween, do the beaver of the week. There you go. I, I think I was a little ahead of you guys, but when he says back when it was fun, now it sucks. <laughs> that was good. So, uh, so Josh uh, and myself, congratulations. We win. You won. Yeah. We, we win. knew, right? It was the J. The Jimmy, Josh. Well, I guess. All that matters is that I was right. So, Hamas, Hamas, Hamas. I don't know. <laughs> Jammers. Oh yeah, no, Jammers. he's he's Hamas. He's it's more Hamas. of an H sound, right? So he didn't <laughs> he didn't win because he used the wrong sound. I'll see there it is. 
Your sound was too Mexican. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. The they're both good though. That was a good. I I liked. Those were like completely different. They're not related in any way. I feel like the last few Mashifs, the last few Chiefs beef, they've been kind of related in some way. These were com- yeah. two completely different topics. Yeah, I had no idea what to expect. And I, was like, like, I really had like no idea like what it was going to be. And then yeah. here we are, right? Yeah, Just well, like what random thing is Mashif angry about this week? <laughs> we never know. By the way, he he where he lives currently is like a block away from where I grew up. So whenever I go visit my family, sometimes I'll stop by his place and and say hi. But uh, and walk the old trick or treating streets. Yeah, and I'm gonna go trick or treat at his house like every Sunday night from now on. I'm just gonna go. (laughs) I'm gonna Mashif. You better have some candy for me, dude. When I show up on Sundays. From now on, <laughs> you've set the bar. So just saying, it's out there. Um, Josh, before we go any further, Uh-oh. when did your obsession with Magic the Gathering begin? It was a cold and dark, sunny day. <laughs> um, uh, no, it was. Uh, I started playing in like 2014. I think it was core 13 or core 14. That's like one of the, the sets, right? I had a friend that was like, hey, he gave me some cards. And I picked it up. I played. And I went to one Friday Night Magic, which is like, a, it's like a tradition, right? I'm from the long Friday Night Magic is a bunch of magic nerds get together on Fridays and go play magic, right? And there's drafting which is essentially like a micro tournament where you're making a deck on the fly. And uh, I went to it one time and I had been playing for like six months and I finally like got the courage, right? It's like, go. And then they were so mean to me. I was like, really? They, yeah. It was, it's like a joke, but I'll, I don't know if I was like too Chad tastic for them. Like <laughs> Chad, <laughs> fucking I showed Chad up showed and up. Like a, I showed up like a tank top and like everybody was a dick to me. And I had like one person who was like kind of nice to me and I forgot to like, you have to like, it's the upkeep phase. You have to like untap your mana and uh, so you can use it again. And I was like playing a match and I like forgot to untap. I drew. So you're supposed to upkeep, you're supposed to untap your mana and then you draw. Mm-hmm. So I drew and I forgot to untap. And so after I drew, I went to untap and the guy was like, oh no, no. <laughs> it's, like not a, it's not a big deal, right? Like, it's not, it doesn't matter. It, you're not being better at the game. I was just a new player. I was trying to, I'm, I wasn't good. And I remember being like, screw this. Like, these magic nerds are too much for me, man. Mm-hmm. Like, so I stopped. I had all my cards. And then um, I have an incredible community member. His name's Chaos. And like, he works at a local game shop in LGS in California. And me and Cobalt Streak had mentioned that we that we were talking about playing Magic again, and he sent us boxes of cards to open on stream. And nice. pretty awesome. Really like, I it's really an addiction. Like it's it's a joke, and I like to say that I don't have an addiction, but like I crack open the pack, and I'm like, what what are we gonna get? Like what foil card are we gonna get? Am I gonna pull a really good card? And I probably like low key have like a deep gambling addiction down to me. <laughs> like i just hide right because like i don't go to the casino because i don't want to get wrapped up with the flashy lights and lose all my money 
that I already don't have. Right. And so, um, and also like, it gets me out of my office. And I think that is like, it's important for me to have a hobby because for me personally, like I view Twitch like a part-time job, not in like a monetary way. I view it for that as like a seriousness, right? Like you don't want to be late for work. So as for me, I view Twitch like, and so it's nice for me to have magic as like the, the nerd hobby. Yeah. Right? Where I, can, I can hang out. It's not always like you get around Twitch people all the time. It's like, we just want to talk about Twitch. It's the nature of the business, right? It's the nature of what games are you playing this and that. And a lot of the times the magic is just all about magic stuff. So it's, it's my segue out of my, gets me out of my, you know, if I'm not hanging with my beautiful wife, if I'm not playing with my puppy, it's my chance to go and spend four or five hours a week and do nerd stuff and not worry about anything else stream related or computer related and just hang out. So can I just say that it's really funny that earlier in the podcast, you're like, man, when I was a kid, I was like skinny and I hung out with all the outcasts and I got like picked on. And then now you're like, man, now I'm wearing tank tops and muscles and I go into a magic, the gathering thing and I get picked on. And it's like completely flipping the script from when you were younger. I think that's super ironic. I, I know. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just never going to, I'm never going to have any. You're like, like, finally yeah. I made it into jock status. And then they're yeah, like, and now, <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's, now it's not the goal. It's like they felt threatened by you. Like, oh, who's this like, <laughs> And if anything, like I'm the exact like opposite. You called yourself a Chad. Like, who's this Chad invading, like, our space? <laughs> yeah, like, it's Chad, this guy like, coming in and, like, like... We're the magic guys. Like, this is our thing. And then they see you. Like, who's this guy? Uh, maybe. I don't know. But I, I, I like, hurt... Like, it sounds, like, dramatic to say, but it, like... It, like, hurt, it, like, hurt my... Like, it really did. Like, it hurt my feelings. Because I remember being, like, so excited... And that local game shop kind of has a reputation of being a bunch of tryhards, right? Like I'm not going to the Grand Prix. I don't give a shit who wins the worlds. Like I'm going there to goof off, have some fun and maybe get some cards. Right. And like, maybe it was just, they were way too serious for me because I'm not about, like I, I try to have as much fun and be goofy as possible. Right. So it's like, if I'm playing with somebody and they misplay and they want to take it back, like I'm going to let them, I'm going to let them make, take it back because we're not playing for some tournament. We're paying for like, if you win the draft, you get like $10, like who cares? Like it, yeah. like, we're super tryhards and they didn't want a Chad coming in and tapping their mana. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd see though. I'd see a similar type of guys back when I played tennis. It's like when, some people were super chill, like, oh, we're just here to play and have fun. Other guys, they're calling everything, like, oh, that's out. Like, if the ball's too close to the line, line. They, they call everything out. Yeah, they start yelling line. They, line. like, do every single, like, call out they know. They're always, like, yelling to, like, try to get you, like, off your head. Just like, dude, I'm, I'm just trying to have fun. It's yeah. like, it goes with pro here. What are you, like, going for? Because like that goes with anything because like even like I just recently rebuilt my PC and can finally play Overwatch, which I know that sounds Mm -hmm. crazy, but I had this old like FX 6300 processor and I'd run Overwatch and it would just lag. So I recently started playing and I started noticing I'm just jumping in and trying out classes and having a good time. And there's always some douchebag on the mic who's like, hey, man, you're not playing the meta and you're not doing it right. We don't have enough. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm trying like, you know, I'm just having a good time. But there's always that douchebag. He's like level 28. Come on, dude. Really? Like, all right. And he's like, I, I have to get my levels in today. Like, ugh. Anything. Don't, don't play ranked if you're not going to take it seriously, bro. 
No, I well, I wasn't playing ranked. Actually, quick play too. They're like, I'm practicing. Oh, quick play ranked. <laughs> They're yeah, like, this no, is my warm up. It's just a matter rank. of people. People, I don't know. People take things too seriously, and it's fine if you're going to do it, but do it in the space. Like, do it in that space of ranked, or do it in that space of like with your friends and practice and do whatever. But like, it, even with Magic the Gathering, it's like, come on. If you go to a shop, like we have a local comic book shop shop here where they play games and stuff and you go game that seems cool and then it's just very clickish and you kind of start realizing like these people are like well you've never been here before what kind of game that seems cool and then it's just very clickish and you kind of start realizing like these people are like well you've never been here before what kind of game <laughs> you play? And it's like oh god it's yeah see so i bad. i i love the local game shop we go to now like i they are i mean we've had like you know if you guys one of our good friends is you know Source Law, his first game ever of Magic was in the draft. Like, they didn't care. They're like, yeah, we want more people here. The same with Valesius, who's a, a big YouTube, uh, a big like Destiny YouTuber. Like, they just came in to hang out because that's what it's about for us, right? It's a chance for us to yeah, all get good. together. You know, it's it, at times we're wrapped up in our games and whatnot, but at the end of the day, like, it brings us together. It gets us out of the house, away from our screens, which yeah. we would all be glued to. Um, and, and having fun. So, and that's, so magic for me, like, yeah, like just, uh, like, just so you guys know, like I'm, I'm literally sitting on like magic cards, just left <laughs> like they're all over my desk, but I think magic for me means more than just like just playing cards. Right. It's, it's about the community. It's about the people. It's about hanging out with, hanging out with my friends. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, that's, that's why. I don't know. I think I don't know why card games and board games and internet communities they get like they're looked at very differently than like if like let's say that instead of magic we were talking about fucking golf, right? <laughs> then then it's then it's okay. It's like, oh, you know, me and my boys we go, you know, every Sunday and then we have our group and we go play golf together. But the second you start talking about anything internet or nerd culture related, there's like a certain stigma associated with it. Right. Like it's, I don't know why, but like, it's like Josh, because you're an athletic individual. Not. and you, yeah, okay. <laughs> I pick stuff up and put here, it here, fle- flex, flex your biceps compared to mine. You're you're an athletic individual. Look, uh, yeah, fucking shut up. How many times do you, you manscape, right? Compared to me, you're an athletic individual. Don't act like you don't shave parts of your body that I don't. <laughs> I wax it. Okay, get the full wax. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like they, they, they think because you look or act a certain way, like Josh should be playing – golf and 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 athletic he should be doing athletic things because of the way he looks or acts or you know he's a chat or he's a bro or a frat boy or those are the roles he plays or whatever it it's stupid like most like here's a good example my friend um i'm gonna name drop it's not a big deal his name is daryl vasquez i went to school with him he was like an all-state champion wrestler he went on to become a he has an amazing career doing 3D illustration and animation. 
but he's like an all-state champion wrestler, like from the Central Valley. He's a very good friend of mine that I've known for years, and you like the whole the whole. I wish that would go away. I wish the stigma would go away entirely. Like the whole nerd culture thing. Everyone's a nerd now, you know. When you've got UFC fighters streaming, uh. GTA five, you know, like it, 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 those lines don't exist, but some people hold on to them, you know, like there, there people are, there's like someone in chat said the gatekeepers. Some people feel that there's like this sacred, like, Oh, unless you, you know, you, and you haven't been doing it as long as we have, you're not a part of this, this, community or whatever you know like who gives a fuck like who get who cares if you spent your entire life playing basketball and you decide that call of duty is cool and mm-hmm. you want to start streaming yeah it doesn't matter why like yeah. why does any of that have to exist like why can't we all just do what we like and shut See, the I fuck up kind of, i think we are we're getting there we are right and i think you know, it doesn't matter if you like him or you think he's a good broadcaster or whatever it is. But I mean, Ninja is is, is breaking down those boundaries, right? Like, there's he not played Fortnite with Ellen. Yeah, you know, playing Fortnite <laughs> with Ellen with a, with a gamepad, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I just think that we're seeing like, I think nerd culture is coming out of the basement, and I say out of the basement because that's where I think immediately you go to, right? If you think of like, oh, you know, the, the old South Park World of Warcraft episode where they're pooping in buckets and screaming hot pockets and all of that. Like, but I, I, don't, I definitely, and it makes me excited. Like, I think, I think nerd culture is becoming, not saying it was ever not mainstream, but it's becoming more mainstream, right? Like Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Like, I'm like happy that we're alive. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's a really good Marvel is like, while this incredible thing, like you've got, and that's nerd culture. And that's kind of blurring the lines of, you know, of comic books where people, I guarantee you there, there are people who are not nerds that fell in love with the Marvel Cinematic Universe that have gone to comic shops and bought comics. I know it for a fact. And so I think in the next, 10 years, maybe less than that. There's, I think the the lines that were going to be, you know, outside of like the extreme cases, right? Like there's always going to be the extreme people who are like, this is mine. Like, you know, there's people on Twitch that are like, oh, well, you guys didn't know what Twitch was before Ninja. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares if you didn't know about it before Ninja? Good. I'm glad they're on the platform. It's a chance for more people to watch me. It's a chance for more people to watch you guys. It's a chance for more money to come in so more tournaments can happen and more money gets funneled in. Like if there's in something that sounds like, you know, Chris is kind of this way as well. Like I'm just a big, a rising tide floats all boats. Okay. Like if Ninja is making X amount of millions of dollars a year and getting all this big press, guess what? When his link is hyperlinked in an ESPN article, they have to go to Twitch. They have to go to Twitch, which is going to have breakdowns of recommended, of all these things and they might branch out. They might go, well, I hate Fortnite, man. I really love dark souls. And next thing you know, they're on the happy Hobbs channel, watching him do no hit runs. Like it's just, it's nice. It's incredible. I had this conversation with a friend of mine, another streamer the other day on Twitter, no less. We ended up going back and forth about this and, and he was in agreement, but somebody brought up like we, we kind of got to this, uh, this place where, 
there's, and I talked about this earlier with Twitch communities, there's a lot of people who are saying things like, uh, you know, about small streamers, support small streamers. There's a lot of people who come up and start their Twitch and immediately they're hashtagging support small streamers and all this stuff. <laughs> and it's like, the, the, so the conversation got brought up about that. How it, is it really just because we're supporting them because they're small or is it because we're supporting them because of their content or like because they're growing? So people kind of start using different words. Like instead of saying small streamers, let's say growing streamers. Okay. Well, that sounds a little bit better, but then they started questioning like, well, you know, is it more important to support smaller or growing streamers that are kind of like on the low end of things versus like Ninja and Dr. Lupo and Shroud and all these like major streamers. And it's like, you supporting them is not taking away from smaller streamers. That's my opinion. And that's a lot of people's opinion. And you may not agree with this. A lot of people might not. But the fact is, is that if Ninja gets 40,000 views in one stream, a lot of those people are people like my aunt, you know, that are like, oh, I don't, I've never been on Twitch before in my life, but I've seen this dude on ESPN or I've seen this, you know, my son's watching him and I'm just really curious. This is very interesting. And then, yeah, you're absolutely right, Josh. I completely agree with you. They might not, whether they like Ninja's content or anybody's content, they're going to start browsing the site and say, oh, I didn't know this was here. So that kind of exposure is big for everybody. It's not stealing anybody's views. It's not taking it away from any kind of smaller streamers. It's not making it to where, you know, there's those big sharks in the sea and we're just these little minnows. You can grow on Twitch still. There's no way that you're going to be stuck. And all of those views that, that hit those bigger streamers, I mean, even looking at Cobalt Streak right now, I mean, he's streaming, what, 1,200 viewers right now as we speak. That dude is a good positive influence, and he's going to bring people to other people's channels. And all of those people that come on even, hey, I've never seen a, you know, a live Binding of Isaac run. Okay, they find him first. <laughs> right. I, that's how I found him. I found him on YouTube, and then I went to Twitch, and that's how I started watching Twitch way more than I did before was because of him. Right. So interesting. Like now I'm I'm streaming and I've created a community and people are starting to come out and say, hey, I, yeah, I just started. Let me see what's going on. And so anybody who lays that down as, oh, this is a problem. Everybody's, you know, no, nobody's watching me, but everybody's watching Ninja and blames Ninja. That's not fair. That's not fair. Make better content. Try to, I mean, those people are going to funnel down. It's, it's an actual system where they actual funnel, like well, they actually funnel down. Plus, there's a wider audience than that, right? Like, you know, like Ninja has a certain demographic and he has the people that are interested in the content that he's making and him as a persona. But I'm I'm like, I'm a 35-year-old man who listens to way too many podcasts. Like, my audience is going to be very different than, you know, Absolutely. Ninja's audience or than, you know joe schmo streamers audience like everybody has their demographic that they're going to appeal to and we talked about this last week like how many billions of people are there in the world right hey we got a little raid thank you guys uh, i would do want to recognize that i appreciate it um what i was saying is like there's something for everyone you know Fortnite's really popular. It's a fun game. Everybody enjoys playing it. Ninja's the one of the better players of it. And, you know, he ha he hit a niche and it's just it's one of those things, you know. Uh a friend of mine, Favor, he makes a joke that uh Fortnite's the fidget spinners of games. Like it's just <laughs> it's what is big right now. You know, it, it's the thing. 
and he's in the place in the thing. And you can't blame him for that. Like, cool. Well, also, I, I do want to point out, I, I don't mean to interject, but I do want to point out that Ninja also worked on Twitch for eight years. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. So there is, there. it might have hit a niche, but he did build a community of people that watched him. And he did it with Halo and he did it with other games. He played PUBG for a while. And so it he might have blown up when he hit Fortnite, but the fact is, is that he did it right. I right. mean, he, so when people come in and say, how do you make $20,000 a stream? How do you, you know, and they're all on the monetary focus. And it's like, well, he, he did this for a very, very long time. He made public appearances. The dude put in the work. And to me, that's what's admirable about it. Even if you don't like Fortnite, it's like that dude put in the work. Like he made it to where he is now because of doing that. Yeah. I, I really like the phrase, um, luck is when, uh, opportunity meets preparation or when preparation meets opportunity, right? Like if you, if you're working at it and you're preparing yourself, then when those opportunities come, you'll see them. If you're working at it and you're preparing yourself and you're, you know, when the opportunity arises, you make your own luck. Like that's like, you can say, Oh, he got lucky. Yeah. But he was working his ass off and he prepared himself to see those opportunities when they, when they came up. Right. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a, a great example of that is like sushi dragon. A few weeks ago, he was just a small streamer doing his IRL dancing stuff with his crazy effects. He had just lost his job. One week passes. He gets a huge host and he just blows up from there. Like he had already been putting in all this work he was just able to really build on that with the community he already had and actually turn it into something that can sustain him. It's not just something that happens randomly. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it does take a quick, like a, a lucky break, but the fact is, like you said, if, if you're prepared for it and you're, I think that it's one of those things where like, I've seen people who play um, things like Fortnite and PUBG and they stream that all the time for a year and they have four viewers the entire time throughout that year and they never really grow. And then they get a major raid and they have 200, 300 people. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh my God, I got raided by a big streamer. I'm going to be famous now. And I'm going to, and then they don't have the content to keep up with it. So, and, and it's not me talking trash about any of those people. It's just that if you're more prepared and you actually get to that point where you're, you're putting that in, you're going to have that opportunity and take it. And it's like, Oh, I got rated. Now I can show these people kind of what I'm about uh, and go from there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hard work, hard work, mm-hmm. hard work and dedication. That's I think it's that's because like, uh, I used to be on YouTube all the time. So the big meme was how used to be created Jacksepticeye. But then later on, Jacksepticeye had talked about it. And he's like, well, yeah, when I got like the shout out from him, it's like, sure, it boosted my numbers for like a week. But then they just fell right back down to where it was. Like it put yeah. me on the radar, but it didn't actually make me grow. Like it's still all the hard work that you have to put in. Absolutely. <sighs> you know, none of it matters though, right? Because the robots are going to take over soon. <laughs> the reoccurring theme no once I've had a few drinks in me and we get laid into the stream uh, I don't know if you have the stream up but I'm going to play this video I posted it in our DM group Ro- the robots are getting way too fucking smart we can, we can, we can talk about 
opportunities and twitch all we want but when robots are straight up dancing to god dang it bobby this clip has a copyright yeah it's terrifying it's it's uh, i'm a i'm a huge like cinephile i love movies and tv man i just love i don't know what it is like there's a lot of good stuff out there but black mirror for me has been incredible and also so haunting Mm -hmm. oh it's weird man they've got some crazy stuff that makes you think about did anyone see the the Star Trek based episode? Uh, the uh, uh, the McAllister, yeah, the McAllister. That Ooh, oh my that god, one. dude! Wasn't that that was like the first episode of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the first episode of the newest season. Yeah, man. no, that episode was insane. I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's it's super intense, and it's like when I first watched it, I was like, "This is goofy as hell. This doesn't look like Black Mirror at all." But then I got really into it, and I was like, "Man, this is really messed up." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's first like, episode was crazy. That was happening. Ooh, black mirror. And it's so it gets you more because it's all stuff that you're like you're like, maybe this could happen. Yeah, it's well it's supposed to be like fear. technologically advanced, but in the near future technologically yeah. technologically advanced, where it's like, oh, this this could be like the next ten years. Yeah, exactly. That's what gets it. Cause it's like I forgot when I it was on a much earlier podcast when I brought it up, but it was just like how a lot of our media, like we went from zombies, like that was the huge thing. And now it's more towards like the near future and robotics and like, oh, what's going to happen that we can't predict and how it's going to like ruin us. Yeah. And it's that type of stuff that's really coming into our media these days because it's, it's so entertaining to watch. But at the same time, it's like, oh, <laughs> there's an under, like an underbelly of it's like that could happen. I like dark stuff. I don't know what it is. Like I, uh, the the haunting of Hill House or whatever is on Netflix now, and I watched the first episode, and I'm getting really into it. But do you guys have a favorite Black Mirror episode? If you've seen it, ooh, I think the the Star Trek one was up there for me. It was pretty up there for me too. I, I think San Junipero was probably my favorite because it was the only one that like made me actually feel good things <laughs> yeah that, that was a good episode that was wholesome i also really like yeah. the one where uh i forget what the episode is called but it's the one where they uh everybody lives like in the underworld doing uh like the 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 dude's basically just earning credits by riding a uh a bike mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. And, and he's doing pers- everything he can to get on the reality TV show, basically. Yeah, that like that's, that, a really, that's a really good one because there was a lot of parallels to that versus like you know people trying to become like internet famous or like you know just like reality TV famous and just like trying to have their moment in the I don't know that. Yeah, no, I jerkwad. I did see that one by the way, uh, where he jumps up the yeah. But no, that that episode for me, just for whatever reason, struck a chord because like just the parallels between like how mundane and monotonous his day to day activities were. And then when he had the opportunity to like and but then, you know, he kind of saw through the, you know, he, he peered behind the veil. Right. Like he saw what was really going on. And then there was a whole aspect of that episode where he's like laying in his room and the walls are like feeding him advertisements. I don't know. There was a lot of social commentary in that episode that like re- that really like I, I like resonated with me personally. 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I was going to say was that it, it would resonate with a lot of us because it's like the, the, the monotonous nine to five job and you're just like wishing for something better and like, okay, well one day I'm going to be this one day I'm going to be this one day I'm going to be, and then the advertisements and stuff like it, it's pretty much all that you said. I think it's just one of those things that anybody can look at that and it reminds them of their life. Like It's like, Oh, this is, what am I aiming for? Like you're always trying to get, you know, higher on the, on the, uh, you know, put a peg higher, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one I think I, it's it's weird because like I liked it, but it's like not a good thing. It's the one where each person had like a social ranking, and the people. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's a scary one. Because that's already something that we do. We just don't have quantifiable scores behind it. Because you already know those people like in your community, where most people are like the general consensus, like oh that guy's oh that guy's crazy. Oh, we, yeah, it's like oh that guy's crazy, or like he's a bit odd or weird, or like he always smells weird. So it's like that idea already exists with that. You have a point value associated with your. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to remember the actress's name, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. She's in the lost world, Jurassic, Mm -hmm. uh, Jurassic, not lost world, the Jurassic world movies. Um, I think she was really fantastic in that with like how she kind of went crazy with just, you know, hoping to get her score back up and it just kept tanking. And it's like, and then, I mean, the episode's called nosedive. So it's like, obviously mm-hmm. this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be a trip through hell for her, but it was really mm-hmm. good. And then just, it, it showed like how fake a lot of people were acting. Were Absolutely. Acting. Like the whole, the whole beginning of that was like, well, I was only being nice to you because I knew it was going to raise my score. Like you coming up with me was only a side effect of that. Yeah. Are you guys doing, uh, I don't know how long the podcast is going on, but I do want to ask, uh, I'm sure. taking over, Jimmy. I'm taking over. <laughs> do it, dude. Well, I was going to ask, do you guys, are you guys playing anything? I know you're playing the Magic the Gathering, uh, Josh. I don't know if you're doing it just in, in, in physical card form or if you're actually playing the game uh, on the PC or whatever. But do you guys, uh, are you guys finding any games that you're either looking forward to or that you're like really into right now as far as like video games? Subnautica. <laughs> well, and now you're done. So now, forget that. You're finished. You, you get to go back and get. Wait, do you have all the achievements though? Or did you hundred percent it? <laughs> I'm on achievement hunter. So no. I beat it. You're like I beat it. I'm done. Next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm real excited for like the Fallout. You know, the Fallout 76. 76. Yeah. I mean, that's exciting. The new Skyrim as well. I like the big titles, right? I'm worried about Anthem. I'm hoping Anthem's going to be good, but I don't know why. Like, I'm having flashbacks to, to the division, which I didn't like. I was so hyped for, and then I ended up not liking it at all. So, I'm hoping that something. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm not saying it's not bad. I've, I've seen, you know, probably what most people have seen. I haven't played any trailers. I'm not played any demos or anything. But I mean, fingers crossed that that Anthem's good. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's so weird, like those big like triple A MMO light games. It's like you really want them to be awesome, but then they, you have so much hype for it, and then they come out, and then you get Destiny, which everyone was like, "Oh, it's gonna like change the like change everything," and then you play it, and it's like it doesn't really change a whole lot, <laughs> and now it doesn't have any of the features like they were touting. Where it's like, yeah. "Oh, that hell over there, you can go there," and it's like, "No, it's all like hub worlds now." 
To be fair, I, I feel like there's so many games like that because even when Diablo 3 came out, they, mm-hmm. they showed off at E3 that the bosses would have custom death scenes with your character. Like they would rip your character in half and all this shit. And then when the game came out, everyone's like, where the hell is that? And they're like, oh, that was just an animation we made for E3. And it's like, are you fucking serious? Like, and it just, it kind of sucks that you can't really trust it anymore. You have to wait until you get the game. Mm-hmm. The hype behind it sometimes just isn't there. Or it's there in the beginning, but it's not there once you... Yeah, the last game that I bought that I like pre-ordered and bought day one was StarCraft Two. Like I sent, like it, that was long. Like I I have pretty much said that I'm never gonna pre-order or buy a game day one. Like I just have to. I I'm pretty much because of what you said. You know, there's there's so much hype and there's so much like you know we could talk about the whole alien fiasco you know yeah we you know the the trailers versus what the game actually was and it's just like i i'm i'm a wait and see guy i'll wait i'll wait mm-hmm. until the game's been out for like 3 to 6 months before i'm like okay cool yeah it's they patched all the problems with it and it's worth playing now and then i'll buy it you know uh but that being said I am very optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm super excited about Red Dead 2. I, oh, that's one that I'm absolutely, absolutely... I played the shit out of Red Dead 1. Like I, <laughs> That game to me was like the perfect immersion. Like I could just like inject myself into that world something about the wild west and the way they presented it like i i've i've said this on the podcast and on my stream multiple times if there ever comes a day where they make a vr version like a perfect vr version of a red dead game i will no longer exist in this reality (laughs) i will i will exist in red dead and fuck everything else because that will be my life. Like I, I'm straight West World. Like I'm gonna put the headset on, and nothing else matters for the rest of my life. Like that, I will, I will fucking play Twenty One, you know, blackjack and yeah, I was just saying, ro- playing cards the entire time. You know, roll dice and play. Uh, what's the knife game? What's stab, it called? Stab your yeah, finger, st- stabby know. finger game. Stabby like finger game. Well, that's what we're gonna call it. Like I will, I, I'll, I'll hunt down bounties and fight wolves and mountain lions and ride my horse off into the sunset i will that will be until i i'll stop eating and i'll just fucking live in that world (laughs) like red if red dead 2 holds up to everything it's promising it's gonna take up a lot of my time that's all i'm saying like i'm I'm super if it lives up to the hype it's i'm i'm down I don't even have a PlayStation yet. I don't have a PlayStation 4 yet. I've still got my old PS3. And uh, it went, actually, I went and bought a used PS3 because I had sold my you know, one when I moved to Austin. And I, the first game that I bought on PS3 was Red Dead Redemption, just so I could play it again. Because I was like, this game is super fantastic. Um, but yeah, PS4, I, I mean, I've been meaning to get one and play The Last of Us and play like uh, Until Dawn. and Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, no, Spider-Man looks great. But... Red Dead 2 is like that's the game that's going to make me go blow $400 on a PS4 Pro. <laughs> I thought you were about to say that's the game that's going to make me go blow a hooker. <laughs> All right. That's on we'll, the hooker there's now. There's no shortage. We'll find Just to pay for it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's like I really want that game to be as great as it's getting hyped up to be. But just like based on what they did with Grand Theft Auto 5 and cutting like all the other DLC coming out and the single player, it's like give a good product and don't like skimp it because of your ideas for multiplayer. 
I get that. Yeah. I loved Red Dead one so much. I mean, the good news for me, and, and I've always felt this way about any game, I felt this way about Diablo 3 as well, where when it came out, it was kind of a disappointment in a lot of ways. The real money auction house was bullshit. But I, I always but they removed myself, it now. Yeah. Well, once Jay fucking Wilson got off the team, I don't <laughs> Sorry, but he's he ruined WoW and he ruined Diablo. But he uh as soon as he left, yeah, they got a new new team of guys. And the first thing they did was that. They were like, oh, we're gonna reverse everything that, that guy did. Um, but I think that uh, you know, you always know that the other one's still there, even though a lot of people don't play Diablo 2 anymore, but you had like Torchlight 2 and you had games, you know, like Path of Exile and things that could kind of fill that gap for a bit, even if it disappointed. And I feel like I bought the PS3 and Red Dead Redemption again because I knew that even if Red Dead 2 sucks, as much as I want it to be good, I will always go back and play that first game. Always. Because it's just so fantastic. Yeah. I wish I could erase it from my memory so I could play it for the first time again because of how good it was. Mm-hmm. And then Fallout 76. I want it to be really good, but I'm <laughs> not going to buy it when it comes out. I'm going to wait. I need to see other people play it because I really liked all the other Fallout games because of the RPG aspect, the interacting with the world and the inhabitants. Yeah. And the Fallout 76 is so far away from that. It's like, will I enjoy it as much as the other ones? You're going to find out who your friends are when they nuke you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, especially that. My, my initial concerns were it's like, ah, it's like every person you meet is an actual person. It's like, how, how will griefing be? But then with the news coming out, it's like, all right, that's not really a huge issue. So that the kind first of, day you buy it, you're going to get teabagged and you're going to be like, this is why I didn't want this game. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was afraid of. The internet I loved toxicity. <laughs> I loved playing Rust, but I hated that there were just groups of like five to seven people that would just walk like throughout the map and then just kill everyone they saw. Like that wasn't fun. But then with some of the stuff they showed off, it's like, okay, if you attack someone, you, you're doing like no damage. But if they shoot you back, now it's like, all right, now you guys are actually going to start dealing actual damage to each other. Yeah. And they sort of equalize between levels. But it's like, how much of that is like going to be required of me to play the game? And it's like, I don't know, since the world's so empty, it's like, will that bother me to just go from like terminal to terminal and like walk somewhere it's like oh quest complete go to a machine and like get my reward mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but i mean that's just part of the experience right like you know if anyone i here's a here's a reference for an old anime if anyone's ever watched fist of the north star sometimes a gang of assholes just show up and kick your ass like that's you know that's <laughs> part of the experience right the 4chan clan is just gonna roll up on josh and uh <laughs> Think you put a shoe on my head? <laughs> that, I mean, if we were living in a post-apocalyptic world, that would probably happen. Mm-hmm. So, I guess it kind of works. Oh, there you go, Chris. Chris <laughs> paying homage. I don't know. Well, yeah, but I, I'm I agree with you, James. It's a wait and see. I think for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, Josh, reveal. It looks nice. It does. No, it 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 definitely has some good things that I'm excited about. But the the how they handle the multiplayer, we'll see. They gotta. Hopefully, they they handle that properly. 
So, um, Josh, when you came back to Twitch, I, I remember you kind of like interacting with Cobalt. You were like, you know, you started doing some like physical training with him and, and stuff like that. And I noticed you, you at first you're playing a lot of uh, Enter the Gungeon. Mm-hmm. like that's like almost oh, that's a good game yeah, that's like almost all you were playing uh i have a very love-hate relationship with that game uh do you have any intention like that was kind of your game for a minute there like is that gonna are you gonna come back to that is that gonna be your you know staple or are you trying to be more of a variety thing moving forward I think I spent, I mean, I spent so many hours playing Daisy, this, this standalone game. Right. So that has always like, so I, I've played just one game. I'm going for a little bit of variety, but I think it's important as a broadcaster, um, especially if you're growing, right. If you're trying to find out is to have a game that most people know you for, right. Like, I think it, it's really important to have that unless you're like the cream of the crop, unless you have like an insanely supportive community where they don't care what you're playing because in hindsight it is like most people care, right? Like if I'm playing call of duty and I've been playing gungeon for months the people that want to watch gungeon aren't going to want to watch call of duty a lot of times. Right. So for me, it's gungeon right now is the game that I can start with kind of hang out, talk to some people get my regular people in there and then kind of let them give them the chance to play another game. Right. Cause some people are going to just leave. Some people are going to do it, but it's like Gungeon is for me, probably the game that I have the most that a lot of people are going to recognize me for of, of what I'm playing. Like, I don't think I'm necessarily anything special about it, but it's probably the game right now that a, I'm most comfortable for. It's the game that I can provide the most instant chat interaction was still providing somewhat, help for gameplay so yeah it's probably going to be something that keeps going back to and keeps kind of the rock to lean on a little bit but like today you know we played some monica for for a while i've I've been playing magic the gathering on stream i've been playing um so i I guess the long story short is yeah a little bit of variety but always having a game to default to if you're if i'm focusing more and just talking to chat and hanging out Mm -hmm. so that makes sense so Chris, I noticed some comments in chat saying that uh, you've been playing a lot of Dead Cells lately. Is that kind yeah. of your jam? So I've 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 always been a variety streamer, and I've always game jumped a lot. I have like game AD, ADD because I'm like, <laughs> that's me. It's so bad that yeah. I'll play a game. Like I played LA Noir for a while on stream, and for a couple I don't know a couple weeks, and then I was I just didn't even make it to the end. I just gave up and moved to something else, and it wasn't because of like any kind of uh dissatisfaction it was just i was i was i was like i'm gonna play something else i'm bored like let me throw something else on there now i'm gonna play a horror game with a heart rate and it's it's not like i'm trying to get views by any means it's just i'm i'm doing what i would be doing at home normally um you know i just have fun um so for a long time it was witcher 3 i think i played witcher 3 more than any other game on stream because i was just so into the story and the lore and just having a good time with it. And eventually I moved on to something else. And I think Dead Cells, like Enter the Gungeon, is a game where you can have chat interaction. Uh, in the game, you actually have specific Twitch interaction. Like as you're playing through, they can choose modifiers for the levels. So they can add like every door you open drops a bomb or, you know, they have extra birds in the level that attack you like Hitchcock, right. all that mm-hmm. stuff. So like I, once I found the Twitch integration out, I was like, man, I'm going to play this. And, uh, 
that pretty much that combo combined that combo with uh, uh, song requests on. It's like people come in, they play songs and they just type in stuff in the chat and they interact and we kind of just have a good time with it. So it's kind of become this, uh, I don't know, like off, off, uh, Usually if I'm playing a variety of games, narrative games, I'll do those two or three times a week. And then two nights a week, I'll just play Dead Cells the entire time and just have a good time with chat. And it seems to be a really good kind of uh, chat interaction. So I think that's been the game that I've been most into as far as that goes. Yeah. Kind of a staple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. they're good games because it's like with Dead Cells and something like Enter the Gungeon, they're both games with a lot of content in them. So oh, yeah. it's something comfortable that you can just fall back onto because you know like it's going to take you like another like 500 hours to actually do everything. And then even after you do everything, you can still have fun with the game because it's always going to present to you a new challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Roadlight, I... Of any Sorry. run. And it's, well, I was going to say, you can be in the middle of any run and it's going to be... And I mean, same with Binding of Isaac with Cobalt. It's like he does that and, you know, it's... I mean, he obviously like is to the point where he's like you said earlier. He knows ways to break the game that we've never even dreamed of. But there's always going to be something interesting. And if you pop in on a daily basis, or if you pop in once a month, you're going to see, oh, he's playing Dead Cells, or he's playing Enter the Gungeon, and it's let me see what this runs like, or let me see how far he's made it as far as the progression goes. And it's not like a narrative-driven story where, oh shit, I, I jumped into the middle of Life is Strange, but I've never seen it, so I don't know what's happening. I don't need to watch the stream. You know, it's very, a very different experience for the viewer. I think. Yeah. I think that's why roguelites tend to be good streaming games, uh, because you can start a run and because the, the levels are randomly or procedurally generated, you can jump into the stream and just enjoy that run. You know, whereas when you play narrative games, especially games, you know, that take 30, 40, 60, 100 hours to beat, if you come in, if you've never seen the streamer before and you come in in the middle of it, like you come in in the middle of this complex story with character development and, you know, all this shit going on and you don't really, you can't really immerse yourself into it because you're dumb. You're jumping into the middle of an existing narrative of an existing, uh, you know, it's already been going on for three weeks. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that's why I tend to lean towards roguelites as well, because I can start a run of a game that someone's never seen before, but it's a brand new run and they can be like, Oh shit. Okay. He's starting with one weapon and you know, he's going to find He's gonna. He gets stronger as he goes. Oh, he died. Oh, we're starting over. Okay, it's a brand new run. You know, it's that whole. Anyone can jump in at any time and feel like they're a part of the experience because of the nature of the game with the whole permadeath and unlocking items and everything. I, yeah. I, I narrative games are hard unless you like. I, I know uh, a friend of mine from DLC, Gator Pete. He had really good success with uh, Yakuza Zero. But that's because he had like a group of people that started with him from the beginning and played. They they watched him play through the entire game beginning to end. But then when he finished it and he moved on to something else, like a lot of them just dropped off because he's like, oh, you're done with this game that I was interested in. And they were like, 
Yeah, it depends. It depends on the game and the audience. There are a lot of people who have come into my chat and they've hung out for the game. And then I'm like, hey, you know what? It was Breath of the Wild. I think I was playing. I've been playing that a lot recently. And it's like, yeah, I'm here for Zelda. Watching me, watching me, watch me for like three hours. And then I switched over to Dead Cells and they literally typed in the chat. All right, well, I'm leaving. And I was like, okay, I mean, that's fine. But, you know, I mean, come back and you'll see me play more Breath of the Wild soon. But honestly, the viewers that you that, that stick around are the ones that want to, they don't, they don't really care what you're playing. They're there for the, you know, the entertainment, the chat interaction, they're hanging out, they're having a yeah. good time. Unless yeah. you're, you know, somebody who's obviously like into, into the esports level of pro and you're absolutely dominating at some FPS shooter and that's what they're there to see. They're going to be there for the streamer. Get good, noob. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, Josh Tucker. That's what they call me. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going to call you right now, bro. Uh, you Give us your schedule. When, when are you streaming? I stream, God, I feel like, because things have been so crazy lately. I stream uh, pretty much daily from 2 p.m. Central until around um, 7 or 8 o'clock Central, somewhere around there. Someone's done it before. Okay, gotta try to get off when the wife is home, but um, I do take Fridays off because of Friday Night Magic. Oh, is that isn't that where you go to a local place and play your magic games? Yes, yeah. played right. in person. Get I chadtastic all over those nerds. <laughs> you gotta live stream some of those. It's hard. It's it's that's like <laughs> that's like where the card games are like always gonna fail, yeah. right? Because there's like not a good way to do it, right? right? The tournaments are always look really bad because like you're seeing the cards flipped over and you're like trying to read them and the people are trying to talk over it, but you know. Yeah. All right. So everyone, you heard it. You got to go check them out. 2 PM. 2 PM. What did you say? Central? Yeah. Central. 2 PM central. So make sure you, that's important. Check him out. Go give him a follow. Go give him a like. Go check out his Twitter. Go, go sweet. Go whisper sweet nothings in his ear and uh, go uh, look at him flex. How often do you flex? How often do you flex in the mirror, Josh? Like, look at him flex. Yeah. How often do you like when you're at the gym or you're at home and you're just like, you know what? I'm gonna look at myself right now. I mean, if I said the gym, it's like one big flex, right? Just like <laughs> one flex from the moment I walk in until you know I walk out. Just, he just—he's constantly in a rigid like stance. Yeah, constantly erect, right? He's just, walking around like this. Let me get a protein shake. How does it um, feel? How does it feel to have an erect body all the time? Pulsing. <laughs> yeah. Feel the blood just surging through your veins. Exactly. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, uh, he's really good at Enter the Gun or Enter the Gungeon, by the way. I he's okay. way he's way better than me. Like I I barely ever even finish a run. I, I if I see the dragon, I shit my pants and I die. So <laughs> he he's got a leg up on me. If you if you want to watch someone who at least knows what most of the items do and can finish runs and kill their past and stuff like Josh Tucker, he's good at it. And uh he also plays other games. He's 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 doing his thing and stuff like that. Uh Christopher Clever. Not Cleaver, Clever. When do you stream? 
You'd be amazed at how many people do call me Cleaver. A lot of it's Europeans and Australians when they're like, Christopher Cleaver, how are you doing? And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I, I, I guess. I uh, So I stream, um, it's tough to say recently because I've been canceling and pushing back streams. Usually if I cancel a stream, I'll push it back to the next day or the weekend and stream all weekend. But for the most part, it's been 9 p.m. Central time to whenever, usually like two in the morning um late I'll, night. I'll usually do like yeah so it's usually like late night central time um because i'll work 3 a.m to noon that's my shift um and i work from home for now luckily um and then i'll get off at noon and just pretty much sleep the day away until about you know 6 7 8 p.m and then get up and shower and prepare and you know do my thing um so that with that time frame i think it's I guess from 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. my time, central time, I think Australians are up. So I get a lot, like I get a decent amount of Australians in the stream as well. Um, and then eventually, if I if I ever do stream past 2 a.m., it's it's the UK people waking up at like 7 a.m. over there. So I think it's kind of a, a good spot to be in for kind of getting the U.S. people in during the late night and then kind of into other regions. Just depends. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I... Hey, that that works though. Like I, I, I tend to be a late night streamer, and I get a lot of uh, early morning, just waking up Europeans sometimes when I go late into the night. <laughs> yeah, people, so. people will say in the chat, like, "Yeah, I'm watching you from my bed, and it's six a.m." And I'm about, I'm like, "That's what you. That's that's your thing. Do it. Like, do your thing." <laughs> and James, when do you usually stream? Ah. That's hard. Like, I try to stream at least once a month. Always, <laughs> I've been more regular this past month, though. Yeah. So I try to stream. I try not to let a week pass without me streaming. But usually, when I'm streaming, it's usually early afternoon, like 1 p.m. or 3 p.m., depending on the day. Because I'm usually out of. I'm done with all my classes by 1 p.m. most days, and that's when I stream. Yeah, for those who don't know, uh, James uh, is an accomplished YouTuber more than a streamer. So I've been trying to get him to stream more. He is well known in the Minion Masters community, and everyone loves him. He's such a nice guy. Look Except at the trolls. Look at that. Look at his hair. Look at he wakes up and his hair just looks like that. It's just amazing. It's a lack of a haircut, mostly. <laughs> I need <laughs> It's that subtle curl, dude. My hair is so straight. I have to fight with it every day. It just like goes straight up. You have just enough curl that you can just be like, "Oh, this is my life." Mm-hmm. I'm jealous of your hair, by the way. I'm gonna. You're never gonna stop hearing about me. Uh, oh, I know, Jimmy. Are are you in the thin hair train like me? This no, my hair is <laughs> thick, but it's straight as fuck. <laughs> like I, I, there's there's a significant amount of progress to make it lay like this. <laughs> like product is a, my life. There's there is, uh, what is it? Uh, wax and hairspray and just the right haircut to make this happen. I this is not natural. <laughs> so the thinning is probably coming though although my grandpa died with a full head of hair so hmm. yes on my mom's <laughs> side supposedly doesn't go from your mom like your grandpa to your mom to, i don't know they say it comes from your mom's side so like if your grandpa on your mom's side is bald then supposedly you're gonna be bald i don't know that's what they say i don't think i just 
where it is. You just just rub just rub feces in your hair every morning. <laughs> what? And uh, that's the trick. It'll stimulate the, worst, the roots. Worst Rogaine sponsor ever. <laughs> <laughs> just rub that feces. Here <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Rogaine is Spanish for feces, by the way. For those who, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's James can confirm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, guys, uh, go check them out. Go give them a follow. Give them a like. Give them all your love. Give them all the buckets for joining us tonight. I bugged them. I think I asked Josh like five times to be on my podcast. <laughs> and finally, I said fine. He, he's a busy oh. dude, and I appreciate him taking the time to no, do this. It's been a ton of fun. It's been really good getting to know you guys. So it sounds like schedule-wise, you just go watch Josh Tucker, and then you just go ahead, and when you're done with that, you just go over to Christopher Cleaver. You don't need to sleep. Sleep's for fucking sleep when you're dead. I like how you just called me Cleaver. <laughs> I, I told you it was going to happen, dude. I've got like four or five drinks in me. I, I do not apologize. I knew this was coming. He it's is like calling him Josh Tucker. Josh <laughs> Tucker. You're the, I like it. You're the Cleave Daddy. Cleave Daddy. I'm good with Cleave Daddy. All right, guys. Um, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Christopher Clever, C L E V E R, and Twitch.tv forward slash Josh Tucker. They're on the Twitters, they're all over the place. Make sure you go check them out. We will be back next week. We don't have a guest for next week, so it may just be me and James. Uh, hyping up TwitchCon. By the way, Josh, you're going to TwitchCon. Chris, you going to TwitchCon? Yes. Let's all, all four of us. Let's all meet up and dude, yeah, man. Do shots, except James. He just has to sit in the corner and watch. I'll just hold the water for you guys. I'm send <laughs> you guys. Uh, I'll uh, slip you a shot when no one's looking. I'll send you guys a link to this brunch thing we're doing. I don't know if it's still up, but we'll see. Yeah, no, we're we're gonna be doing some coordinating, I'm sure, through the through the Twitters and the Discords and stuff. So we'll all meet up. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Have a good night, everyone. Any parting words, Josh? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say? No, I appreciate you having me on, man. It was an honor. Awesome, Chris. No, it's it's been fun, dude. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely follow all you guys. And uh, if you're in the chat, follow these dudes. They're all awesome. James. I just got to say, so the Discord store launched today. Oh, the yeah, the game store. The game on the service is Minion Masters. So if you're looking for some w- top 1% gameplay, that's the game I stream. FYI. Yeah, it's free on Discord. Discord has a game market now, apparently. So, so go check it out. Minion Masters, free on Discord. James is a top 20 player. Uh, I think, is Cobalt still streaming? I feel like we should go raid him. Not that he'll even notice, but... (laughs) (laughs) We'll go say hi to Cobalt. Um, If you guys want to stick around in Zoom just for a second, we're going to take just a couple uh, pictures. I'm going to take a couple screen caps of you guys for the the YouTube thumbnails to make uh, Frost's life easier. But for everyone out there, let's go drop a raid on Cobalt and say hi. Thank you guys for being here. It's been a fun night. And until next Wednesday, we will uh, I'll be doing my usual thing Tuesday through Thursday. I don't think we have a guest for next week. But anyone out there going to TwitchCon, hit us up. 
Let's have a meetup. Let's do the thing. Have a good night, everyone. I'll talk to you later.